Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions, an opportunity for you to get a seat at the table. We've got some great speakers today like Brian Benstock, a keynote speaker in the automotive industry with Michelle McLean, helping others propel into greatness. Laura Wild, NBA mental performance expert, Jaylissa, Alpha 6, and many more champions this morning. So let's pull up a seat and join in on Breakfast with Champions. Champions, man, I don't even know how to follow that. Like, I've literally been sitting here for the past half an hour, like wiping my eyes and fighting back the tears because I can relate so well to Brandy's story. And Brandy, when you were talking about that emotional release, you know, we accept the love that we think we deserve. And I struggled with that for so long. And I just, I had this amazing, amazing opportunity a few years ago to share a stage at Glenn Lundy's Hustle and Grind Conference. And I remember that moment. I remember breaking those chains and I remember just pushing past all of that hurt and pain. And, you know, the things that we go through in life, they do, they have this tendency that they can hold us back. And so, I, I wow, I'm like, I'm just like kind of overwhelmed. I'm trying to take this all in right now. Glenn, you, you have this knack for just having some of the most amazing human beings on this stage. And this morning, I, I was planning to talk about, uh, you know, tips for starting a successful side hustle. And now I'm just kind of caught in this like emotional whirlwind, uh, you know, and, and I almost wanted to just finish a, a conversation with Brandy and have one with her because like I, I can relate so well. Um, so Brandy, just, I, I can't even, I can't thank you enough. I would love to connect with you offline and as well, try to connect you with some people that I know, uh, that are in the wellness industry that might be able to help you and your cause. Amazing. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I just connected with you on Instagram. Fantastic. Well, I don't know where Brian Benstock is this morning. He may be on a plane, train, automobile. I don't know. Uh, but this morning, like I said, I wanted to talk about seven tips for starting a successful side hustle. I think that sometimes, you know, we get caught up in, in that entrepreneurial journey. And, you know, for me, it, it was definitely a process. Um, when I first decided to take that leap of faith, I spent 20 years in the automotive industry and it was really difficult for me to make that transition. There were a lot of things that I didn't know. Um, my ego played a very big part in it. Uh, and I was very, very blessed uh, several years ago to meet a man by the name of Frank Lopes, uh, who's been my very dear mentor and friend. Uh, I think he is somewhere in the audience, I'm not sure, but um, he poured into me at a time in my life where I almost gave up. Um, you know, I, I had experienced a lot of really traumatic things in my life, and. My business was not thriving the way that I wanted to. Um, and I was one of those people that I, I, I literally burned boats. I, I walked into an office one day and I said, like, I've just, I've had enough. I'm not getting paid what I'm worth. Um, and it's time. We're just, we're going to throw the demo keys. I literally threw keys at my, at my general manager. And I said, I'll see you on the flip side as, you know, the echoes of the grass isn't greener speech followed me out the door. And that was one of the most intimidating things I'd ever experienced. And all the while that I was doing that, you know, I, I kept trying to pursue while I was working full time in the automobile industry, putting in 75, 80, 90 sometimes hours a week as a manager, I was trying to work on my own platform. 
And, uh, you know, there were a lot of mistakes that I made at the beginning. And so this morning, like I said, I kind of want to go over if you're one of those people, maybe you are working full time, you have a side hustle, you're thinking of starting a side hustle, maybe you're thinking of completely transitioning uh, into the entrepreneurial journey. Um, I found the article, one of the articles actually that I had read um, when I decided to launch this journey, I have all of these things that I've saved over the years. And so this is not my content. I do just want to put that out there. Most of the time I do share my own content. Um, but I think these are some really great pointers and tips. And so I want to share them with you this morning. Understand that there are three reasons that people start a side hustle or decide to launch an entrepreneurial journey, right? Number one, it's a hobby. It's something that you're doing in your spare time. Um, you can absolutely monetize a hobby. I don't know that I would necessarily classify it as a side hustle. Um, if you're just doing it for the fun of doing it and there's no profit involved, I don't really classify that as a side hustle. But you very easily can turn a hobby into that. Number two, you're supplementing your primary income, uh, which is a lot of the reason why people do that. And whether, you know, you're doing like what I did, I bootstrapped my own company. Um, I literally <laughs> spent, this is something a lot of people don't know about me, um, but I spent literally an entire summer before I decided that I was going to take the leap of faith into entrepreneurship. Um, and I literally spent the entire summer going to like yard sales and I would find stuff that I could flip on eBay. And that's how I bootstrapped my company. I managed to make just shy of $70,000 in one summer. And all I did was just flip stuff on eBay. Uh, my, one of my biggest and best finds, I, I went to this yard sale in the middle of nowhere on a Saturday. And I found this woman uh, who was cleaning out all of her old books. And I bought every box of old books that she had, not knowing what was in there. I didn't want to dig through the dust. And the very last box of books that I found at the bottom was a first edition copy of Alice in Wonderland through the looking glass. And it was actually signed uh, by the author, Lewis Carroll, uh, who actually had a pen name. His name is Charles Dodson, long story. Uh, but I bought that book for 50 cents when it was all said and done. And I ended up selling it for $12,000. And come to find out, here we are several years later. And that same book is now being sold on eight books for over 100,000. So the moments that you kick yourself, right? Uh, but I, that's literally what I did to, to bootstrap my own company. I didn't borrow money. I didn't take loans from anybody. I, I flipped stuff on eBay for an entire summer to be able to bootstrap my company. So I think a lot of the times why we do that and why we start our own company is, again, we're trying to supplement income. We're trying to take care of our families. We need more income than we're able to pull in, you know, from an hourly or a commission job. And I was doing well for myself, you know, as a manager in the car business, but I just didn't feel that fire. And so I know there's probably a lot of you this morning that feel like that. The third reason we go into entrepreneurship, right? It's, it's that we, that's literally our plan, right? We're, we're working a full-time career and we start the side hustle with the full intent that we want to transition this into a full-time career. So those are the three reasons why most people start. But the moment that you expect people to start paying you money in exchange for the value that you're providing, you can't treat it as a passive endeavor. You need to work to make it a success because now people are depending on you, right? If you're gonna set yourself up, it's okay to fail, but make sure that you're failing forward, right? If you are taking money from somebody in exchange for your goods or your services, it's very important uh, that you're, you're holding the, yourself accountable to those things and you're holding yourself accountable, making sure that you're not under, or that you're not over promising and under delivering. So I think that those are all really, really important things. And I'm gonna kind of just dive into these 
Um, if you guys want my seven tips, feel free. You can click on my face. Uh, I do have a free text club. We've been in the process now for the past couple of months. I just hired uh, a new team of people. I just hired some new executives and we're in the process right now of putting all of my content uh, into Google Drive so that you guys can have that. Uh, and as soon as that's ready to be released, we will make sure that all of our text club members get that content first. So I'm gonna dive on into these things. First tip, if you are going to start a successful side hustle, and I am a firm believer in this, uh, I do not recommend doing what I did and uh, throwing your proverbial keys at your manager and walking out the door, don't burn bridges. Um, thankfully, I've prepared that. Uh, but if you are going to start a side hustle or if you have the idea in your head that you want to start this entrepreneurial journey, make sure that you tell your employer. I, and I know Glenn, Glenn went through this you know, when he was working at Dan Cummins, and I'm sure that it was probably one of the most difficult things that he did, uh, having somebody in the business who was not only his friend, but his boss, right? I think that it's important that in order to set yourself up for success, that you understand that you still need a primary income to pay your bills until it takes off. Now, if you're one of those people that you want to go out and you want to eBay in your free time, like I did and bootstrap your own company, uh, you've got enough money in the bank that you can sustain that by all means, you know, have at it, but I don't advise it. If you are somebody that is just starting out, it is going to take time uh, for that side hustle or that entrepreneurial journey to take off. So understand what is and isn't permitted within your company. I think it's important to have the conversation with your employer. Make sure that there's no conflict of interest. Make sure there's not a non-compete that you're violating. Uh, ensure that it doesn't interfere with your work. I think that that's really, really important. Um, make sure that you know that you're doing your due diligence. Make sure that you're still focusing on your career, that you're not pulling yourself away from that. Um, until you are actually ready to make that leap. It's great to be able to work it on the side and, and make extra money and all of that. Uh, but, you know, your employer has invested a lot of time and money and training uh, into you. So I definitely do not recommend burning boats. And, you know, I would love to kind of bring other moderators into this conversation. Most of us on stage have taken that leap of faith into the entrepreneurial journey. I see my friend Scott Simons on stage. Scott, are you available, my friend? I sure am, Michelle. I'm always good, here for you. Good, oh, morning. good morning. Yes, yeah, so this morning we're talking about seven tips for six, you know, starting a successful side hustle or even transitioning that into the entrepreneurial journey. Now, you as a business owner, right? If if one of your employees came to you, and I think this is a relevant point, this is why I'm saying tell your employer, but if one of your employees came to you and said, Hey, I've listened to you on Clubhouse or I've seen your journey. And I'm thinking about starting a side hustle, or I'm thinking about taking this leap of faith. I know you as a person would probably encourage that. But at the same time, where do you draw that line, right? Where is an employer? Do you draw that line? Obviously, if, if the side hustle starts interfering with the day-to-day -day operations at your dealership or with any company, where where is that fine line for you? And what would you advise people that are looking to take that journey or that leap of faith into a side hustle or an entrepreneurial journey? What would you advise them to do? Well, Michelle, we, we mentor our, um, our team. So we not only uh, work with our team, but we also do life with our team. And a lot of times those communications come up and this is my, this is the, the advice I typically give. Now I, I'm looking at it from a um, business standpoint as a, you know, part business owner. If one, I sit and go through their business model with them, have they thought it through? And I always say this, if you are bettering your life or your family's life, 
And as long as it's not at another car dealership, you know, obviously if they're going to go work for a competitor, then we just, you know, talk it through. And then, you know, we just, we just part ways if there's, you know, after we civilly talk about it, but, but, you know, obviously if they're going to go work for a competitor or do something to hurt our company and our team, which my first responsibility is to protect the dealer and protect my staff and then give them an environment to thrive. So if they came in and, and give you an example, say that you were working and you were running the BDC and you were going to go and start this, you know, consulting business or your own entrepreneurial journey, I would sit and I would say, okay, Michelle, well, first of all, you know, thank you for coming to me about it. You know, l- let's talk about it. You know, what, what's your business plan? What, um, you know, have you, have you saved your money? Um, you know, have you, um, what if, you know, I'm not going to try to talk you out of it, but I'm going to go through every scenario. And then I may say, hey, well, you know, Michelle, I think it's a great idea. You know, let's let's see how this plan works out. Let's work together on it. And then I'll, I would fully support you on that. Um, sometimes, you know, and we, we've had these conversations. I have about 175 employees the total on our team or team members. I hate calling people employees, but team members. Um, and Liza has about 700. And we just say, hey, just be upfront and honest. And when people aren't upfront and honest about it, um, that's where it becomes the issue. Now, I do understand some employers aren't like that or some people that lead companies. If you decide to leave, you're basically, you know, they just part ways with you. But I just sit through and act like I'm talking to you as a friend, you know, which I am. And, and you know, hey, let's drop titles. Let's sit and let's talk about this. And, you know, if, if you're realizing or chasing a dream, we all have dreams. I mean, I would never hold someone back from going and bettering their life. Now, I also, um, from my standpoint, so my primary occupation is the auto industry. Uh, Last night, I was doing SBA loan applications for 13 uh, PFIT franchises we're opening in Florida, which are fitness facilities. I part own an antique mall, part own a sports complex. I'm in organic chicken company. I'm in about 20 different businesses besides the auto industry. But the auto industry, it is the machine that allows me to diversify and invest in um, all these other companies I'm in. And my primary occupation, my primary field is the auto industry. And that has to be my focus. That has to be my number one focus in my situation is making sure that I do everything I can to make my team successful and to, you know, our stockholders, which we're ESOP. So our employees own, you know, uh, 26% of our company. So that is my, I cannot allow that to go backwards. I cannot uh, allow that not to be my primary focus. Now, at some point through my career will become a point where I have an entity, which I I have it now, Simons Enterprises Inc. becomes so large that you know, I would step away. I, I don't know that that day may come, but it would be with plenty of notice and it would be, you know, with, you know, full transparency. But for my situation, my side hustle cannot overtake my primary responsibility, um, which is running this business. So that's just from my perspective, you know, just open communication, honesty, you know, make sure that you've, you know, like you, 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 um, I know sometimes people just decide to take that leap of faith and I've seen, you, you hear the, you know, few people that make it, but there's a ton of people that go take this leap of faith and they haven't thought it through and they don't have a good business plan and they don't have the capital behind them. You know, the number one reason why small businesses fail, 92% of them fail. The number one reason why they fail is undercapitalization. Don't mean they don't have a great idea. They're undercapitalized. The number one reason why marriages fail, number one, which is over 50% is money, is money. 
So if you're going to take that leap of faith, make sure you've thought it out. Make sure that you've saved your money. Make sure you've given yourself every opportunity to be successful. Now, can, can grit, determination, can a really good product uh, overcome what I'm talking about? Absolutely. And if that's your passion, that's your passion because money's not everything to everybody. But a lot of people say money's not important. Um, you know, if you want to give to charities and if you want to make impact, very few people can do it without financial backing behind them. And that's just the fact of the matter. Um, it's just, uh, but no, I love this topic and I'm glad you're talking about it because I think it's extremely important. You're bringing so much value to everybody that's listening and hopefully I contribute and help. And I'd be glad to, you know, I'm here to, I'm here to run with you. So whatever you need me to do, Michelle, but I think this is a great topic. Well, Scott, you know that I just think the world of you and yeah, I, I really wanted to pour into people because I, you know, like I said, I was that person. I thought that I was prepared, right? You know, this is my seventh year in business now and I didn't really truly get into the black until about two years ago. I mean, and I want people to understand, you know, a lot of times people, whether they're sitting on this stage or they're at a conference or they see something on social media, you know, people see the end result, right? And they look at people and they say, well, that person is so successful. I wish I could be like that person. Let me tell you something. Success, anybody that tells you uh, that success happens overnight, please don't give them your money because they have not walked that journey. Success is a, it is a process every single solitary day. And, and I can tell you without a shadow of doubt that every one of the people that are on this stage right now will tell you that there was definitely a very painful journey that happened on the way to success. It does not happen overnight. And so I just want to kind of set up the expectation. And I want to bring Liza into this conversation too. I'm going to go through the next two, three, and four tips because I think they kind of all go together. Uh, but again, this morning, if you're just joining us, we're talking about seven tips for starting a successful side hustle. We just got done talking about how important it is to kind of share your ideas with your employer, make sure that you know, you're not violating anything, make sure that you're still focusing on your primary income until you're ready to take that leap and until you've prepared, right? And Scott was talking about how important it is, you know, to have a plan. So going into that, tip number two is having a routine and setting goals. Uh, it's very important that if you are going to take this leap, whether it's a side hustle or you're going to transition into full-time entrepreneurship, uh, that you do have a plan in place and you hold yourself accountable to that. Number three, create boundaries. And I think this is something that's really important to making sure that you set up time blocking to work on your side hustle during those hours. And I wish that I would have done that uh, at the beginning. I was that person who all I did was like eat, sleep and breathe my business or what I thought I was doing. I was working on my business, but I, I think in hindsight, looking back, um, I was probably spending a whole lot of time doing a whole lot of nothing. Uh, it wasn't making me successful. And so that takes us into number four, which is set up processes and automate if you're able to. Understand that time is a limited commodity. So make sure that you focus on activities uh, that fulfill you while generating the income. And if you're able to automate or delegate your most tedious tasks, uh, it's, it's going to be a game changer for you. And Liza, I don't know if you're available. We've had this conversation before about how important it is that you learn how to delegate. And Liza, are you available to speak to that? Sure. Hey, Michelle, I'm actually uh, in the car driving to one of our Richmond dealerships. Good so morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Yes, I think it's so important. I think I wish if that if there was one piece of advice that I would have understood or taken 
when I first decided, you know, to launch going from side hustle, even into this whole journey, I wish that someone would have sat me down and said, learn how to automate processes, make sure that you have them in place and learn how to delegate the things that are most tedious or that you're not that great at. And Liza, you've kind of hit the mark with that and, and learned how to do all of that. You run all of these dealerships. I think, what, is it 19 stores that you run or 16? I can't remember the number, but you have, have perfected the art of delegation. Well, you're very kind, Michelle, to say that. I, I can't say that I necessarily agree with you, but it has been a learning process every single day. Um, I'll comment on a couple of the tips that you shared and uh, some of the advice that Scott shared with the group. He was absolutely um, perfectly clear and spot on with some of the advice that he shared around making sure that you know where your focus is before you are creating any other sort of side hustle. And, and I would say two comments. First, be the absolute best that you can possibly be at your main focus, your first job, your first career, whatever that is in your life. Um, because sometimes if you try to diversify, even through proper delegation, um, and it can take you off your game and you've got your hand in too many things and you're not successful at any of them. And I think Michelle, you've said that a few times. So when it comes to delegation, I'll tell you my side hustle is really all of my nonprofit work. And, uh, I'm actually hustling down to get to our Richmond store so that I can, um, lead an executive committee meeting at 8 a.m. and I wanted to be able to do it from a place where I was focused, certainly not from a car. And so in my side hustle, which is um, we're starting a, a foundation to help move families out of poverty through transportation. Um, I'm currently the chair of our Boys and Girls Club of Central Virginia across the state and um, a few other things. And so with that being my side hustle, I have absolutely had to learn how to delegate many of the administrative functions, uh, making sure that I'm properly prepared for every meeting. And I had to learn that the hard way because I was saying yes to everything and I was showing up not prepared. Um, so I think, you know, on a side hustle, making sure it doesn't take away from your number one focus, which is whatever your first career is. And I think finding ways to delegate within that side hustle so that you can be properly prepared. Because as Scott said, the worst thing that you can do is diversify too much. You've split your focus and you're not successful anywhere. Hey champions, guess what? The Breakfast with Champions podcast airs live every single day, 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. only on the Clubhouse app. So make sure to download Clubhouse and go check out Breakfast with Champions. You're not going to regret it. See you there. So the key to delegation is knowing where should you be focusing your time? What could, what would not function without you? And the exercise I've shared here before about what would your business look like if you disappeared for a year? And it will help you understand where you should be spending the majority of your time. And then understanding who around you has the capacity for you to delegate properly, where they have the same vision that you have to be able to move those goals forward. So those are just a few tips, Michelle, and this is Liza and I'm done speaking. I love that, Liza. Where would your business be in a year if you weren't around? Write that down because I think that is that is such a that's probably the most viable tip you will take away this morning and, and from everything. And and I think that's true. That's another big, big thing that I had to really take a step back and a long hard look at because I was trying to do it all of my all on my own. And I was one person. And there are things that I'm fantastic at. There are things that I have definitely learned through this entrepreneurial journey uh, that I am not so great at. One of those being, I don't know how to say no. 
And Brian Benstock, God love him. That is that man has poured into me and reminded me daily that no is a complete sentence. And if it's not fulfilling you, say no to it. Um, that that's probably one of the the most advantageous pieces of advice that I've ever been given. And I, and I, we all struggle with it. I'm, I'm one of those people, you know, we talked this morning, Brandy was talking about, you know, being that people pleaser person. Um, and I definitely struggle with that affliction, not so much the acceptance from other people, but constantly just wanting to give back. And anytime somebody comes to me and has something that I can, I can somehow fulfill a need or I can help other people or I can make a difference, I want to be able to do that. And as I've grown through my own company, I've, I've learned to understand that I cannot take on every single solitary task. And I know, Scott, you, you struggle with that, too. How important has it been in your journey of learning how to say no? It's been extremely important. You know, you, you've got to, you know, priorities, you know, it, it's, it's family, it's, it's your primary, you know, occupation and industry that you're in. And I cannot tell you how important it is. And trust me, there was time in my life I, I, I didn't hardly say no to anybody. And I've learned that respectfully, you know, so, you know, there's times we all don't want to disappoint people. And there's times in my life I told people what I wanted, what they wanted to hear. And then I came up short. I didn't follow through. And I think just, you know, being honest and, and not trying to do too much and, you know, it's just extremely important. And, you know, I've got people that are people pleasers and I would consider myself a people pleaser. And what happens when you try to please everybody, you, you please no one. And saying no, people would respect you a whole lot more. And that took me a while. And I think that comes with maturity that, I, you know, I had to learn and understand that saying no respectfully is okay. It's okay. Because then they can move on and find someone else to assist them. Like I just had a dear friend of mine reach out and say, hey, you know, could you please help me? I'd like to set up my financial freedom. And I said, yeah, let's set up a call this week. Okay, so I've got to set up that call, look at my calendar and say, okay, these are the dates that I'm available on calendarly and let's set up the call and I'll help because I respect the individual. But I have to follow through on that because if you just tell people what they want to hear and not follow through with it, then that really damages your credibility. So a respectful no is not a bad thing. And uh, it's actually much better to be that way. Yeah, I, I love that you said that. That kind of takes us into our next tip too, which is thinking long-term. And you have to ask yourself, I think if your current habits and routine can be sustained. And again, what we're talking about starting a side hustle this morning, but I think that that goes, you know, to say both whether it's a side hustle or, or you're taking the leap of faith and, and going into a full entrepreneurial journey, you have to think long-term. And, and I really, I, that kind of alluded to everything that you just summed up, you know, it, it is so, so, so important uh, when you're deciding that you're going to start this journey again, understanding, like I said, that the moment that you expect people to start paying you in exchange for that value that you provide, it, it's a different, it's a different ball game, right? Is it going to be sustainable? Is it something you know that is going to last long term? And I think sometimes when we decide to take these leaps of faith, I know me, I, I have probably fifty notebooks filled with different ideas that I've had over the years and understanding that I couldn't take all of those on. Maybe I can at some point, uh, but making sure that you do prioritize learning how to say no, learning how to, you know, take on the things that are going to add value to your life. And it's not even just about the financial, you know, but it, it, it really needs to be something that is going to fulfill you. So asking yourself, 
uh, if it is something that's going to be long-term sustainable. And I'm going to kind of go through these last few tips because I really want to get the other people on this stage and our audience involved in this in this conversation. I think it's a great topic. So I'm just going to go through these real quickly. Uh, but number six, ask for feedback. I think that that has probably been one of the, the best things that I've done, uh, both either on social media or off. When you start taking money from people, it's really, really important uh, that you are engaged with those people that are paying you. And something that I've done in, in every process and in every client that we have is I want to make sure that when I sit down to do a task or I complete something with a client, that they are completely satisfied in every way, not just with the work, uh, but in the relationship that we have. That has been just integral in helping me to grow my business is creating those relationships with my clients, making sure that I am consistently asking for feedback on not only the work that we're doing, but the things that we're creating. Um, I think that it's important, not even just in the client aspect, but I think that it's really important that you surround yourself with other people who have walked your path. Maybe it's not the exact same path that you're walking. Maybe you guys don't have the same businesses or anything like that. Uh, but for me personally, it's been it's been essential that when I am launching something, learning how to ask for help, ask for feedback from people who have gone and paved that way ahead of me, you know, that has been one of the biggest indicators of, of how I have been successful um, is literally just being able to bounce ideas off of other people, having that network of other entrepreneurs that are around me to go, hey, I've got this idea or, hey, I'm thinking of scaling out this way or, hey, I'm thinking about implementing this new idea or this new product um, and getting actual feedback both from my clients and from other entrepreneurs, like I said, that have done it before. And I, I've seen a couple of other people flashing on stage. Lolita, I saw you flashing earlier and I would love to bring you into this conversation. How important do you think that it's been in your journey and in your success having the right people around you to help you grow a business? Oh my goodness, what a great topic. When you first started talking about it, um, the topic, I was like, hmm. And then when you got into it, I'm like, mm-hmm, right? This is so juicy. So the answer to your question is it's imperative to have the right people on your train. I, I say that all the time, right? But sometimes I recognize it even through this conversation. When I started my business, I didn't know anything about entrepreneurship at all. There was no one in my family who was an entrepreneur. There weren't people really around me that was an entrepreneur. When I grew up, my family was pretty much like, you go to college, you get a job, you um, are going to retire from there, and you're going to have great benefits forever. That's how it's going to work, and you will graduate from college. We don't have money, figure it out. We don't do loans. That was the story, and we were sticking to it, and that's how people succeeded in my family, and it's been well. So when I leaped into entrepreneurship, I'd left corporate America and literally had my savings account. I didn't do any of the things that you're talking about. And I remember, thank God I'm blessed. And I was able to do that. I'm only 17, 18, 19, 21, four years into my business. And I can tell you that entrepreneurship is a hustle and it's a grind. And I loved what was said earlier, the question in one year, if you're not there, where will your business be? How profound is that? People really got to think about that. So the answer to your question is it's so important to have people on your train that are doing better than you as far as where you want to be. Not necessarily financially. It is mindset. It's financial. It is 
where they're going, um, what their journey has been, and how can they help you. And sometimes as we're going, right, I talk about being a conductor aboard your train. And sometimes when you're moving towards your vision, you have to stop and let people off of your train because they're not serving you anymore. And know that that's okay. Know that that no is okay. Know that sometimes they elect, self-select to get off of your train because you're no longer serving them. But the power of Clubhouse, the power of being inside of rooms like this, the power of seeing people in their journey, truthfully, is that now you can tap onto them and ask people to be on your train so that you can learn differently no matter what the outside looks like for success. We're not a one-man show, right? We need people with us in order to make our train go further. So I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. And I hope I've answered your question. Um, this is, oh, this is another thing. Delegate and disappear, right? It's the dad principle, according to my father. Um, the dad principle is delegate and disappear. And how important is that? And even when we talk about it, the question is, are we doing it? And I love it. That's my challenge for the week. That's it. I'm all, I'm all over it. I love the segment. Thank you so much, Michelle. I love that. The dad principle, delegate and disappear. And you know what? I, I think that... I, that's a struggle, I think, for a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs. I know me personally, I mean, that is something that has probably been the thorn in my side since I started my business. I am unfortunately one of those people who wants to be in control of everything. And my business did not start scaling and growing until I learned how to do that, delegate and disappear. And, you know, I recently, um, I just recently, God help me, um, but, you know, my my brother has been very successful in business, um, in loyalty and retention. And, you know, I have a retention-based company. And for the past year, my brother and I have been in negotiations and talks about him coming aboard my company, walking away from his very cushy salary and his very cushy office and saying, Hey, you know, I need help. And for me to reach out, um, especially to someone in family, if, if you understand, you know, my upbringing, uh, I, I am not one of those people that has ever mixed family and business. So this is a big leap of faith for me. Uh, but I had to understand and realize that there, that he was better at certain aspects of things, especially in the areas of team building than I was. I not necessarily that he was better. Uh, it's, he was better equipped because I don't have the time uh, to be able to focus on our client base and to be able to focus on all of the things that are super important to me as far as, you know, being an entrepreneur and running a business, I can't do that and go out and build the team and go out and add new products. Like that's, it's just too much. And so I, I've taken this big leap of faith. He starts with my company July 1st. I would be lying if I said that I wasn't terrified. Uh, we're getting ready to onboard three new sales reps, but it's been so important uh, that I've learned to give up some of that control and realize that there are other people out there that can help to take some of that burden and weight off and that they are better at certain aspects of running a business than I am. And that takes me to my final, my final tip, which is something that, again, I have failed miserably at, which is taking time to rest. I have learned that when I rest, I am more efficient. I make better decisions. I have struggled with that for a very long time. I am that person that is up at four o'clock in the morning. I sometimes don't go to bed until 11 midnight, something like that. I'm running on four hours of sleep. I'm doing 75 hard. I'm working out twice a day. So I'm working on this whole fitness journey on top of the business, on top of, on top of, on top of. And so it's just been, it's been absolutely essential to my own growth and to my well-being to learn how to delegate. So I am just, I, I love that. 
delegate and disappear the dad principle by lolita so again i'm going to run through these real quickly and then i want to open this up to our other moderators on stage um, as well if you have a question in the audience i will turn hand raising on uh, feel free to raise your hand and we will try and get you up here on stage but again if you're just joining us seven tips for starting a successful side hustle number one making sure that you are transparent and you tell your employer understanding what is and is not permitted, no conflicts of interest or non-competes, and ensuring that it does not interfere with your primary source of income uh, until you are ready to take off. Number two, having a routine and setting goals. It's important to hold yourself accountable. Number three, create boundaries. Set up time blocking and work on your side hustle during those hours. Number four, set up processes and automate if you are able understand that time is a limited commodity. So make sure that you're focusing on activities that fulfill you while generating income and learning how to delegate your most tedious tasks. Number five, think long-term. Ask yourself if your current habits and routine can be sustained. Number six, make sure that you're asking for feedback. Take some time to master a craft. So ask for feedback from clients and as well other people that have paved the way for you to figure out how and where to improve. And again, number seven, make sure that you are taking time to rest because you will become more efficient and make better decisions as I am, I am slowly, slowly learning how to do. So if you are up on our stage, I see we've got a couple people in the audience. I'm gonna bring them up, but I would love to get our other moderators involved hey. with this. Building. Michelle, I'm, I'm sorry. This is Lolita. Go real ahead, quick. Lolita. You have got to post that because I think people really don't recognize what you don't know. When you leap into entrepreneurship, you literally don't know what you don't know. And those tips right there really can really help to frame someone. Time blocking is so important. I can't even choose one over the other of the list. And it sounds like, you know, to someone listening in, they might think, oh, you know what? I'm doing a little bit of that. But really, if you are thinking about a side hustle or leaping into entrepreneurship, it's not a scare tactic. Just literally print it out and put it up because you need each and every one of those. And I just wanted to just hone in on that point. You really should think about putting it on your Instagram or some type of something so people can just download those. It's really good. Thanks. Exactly. Thank and, you. Yes, I am working on that. Like you said, I just hired a new executive VP of sales and marketing, and we are putting all of the tips that Ryan and I do into a massive Google Drive. And if you click, click on my face, they can join our free text club. And when you join my text club, you will get all of that content absolutely free. So yes, we are working on putting all of that content together. Hey, Michelle, it's Tamara. I'd love to pop in about a couple of these. This is Good amazing. morning, my beautiful Thank friend. You. How are you? Me too. Oh, love you so much. I always love when you share and I always love that it's seven because it's the number of completion. And so I'm always waiting for the seventh one to be like, this one's going to be the punchline. This is going to be the best one. Um, so as you're talking the two that really speak to me and Lolita, I loved your train example, um, thinking of the conductor and the people coming in and out at certain times, the component of delegation, I think is massive. And I think a lot of people, especially when they're in the very early ages or stages of their business and vision casting, they think that they have to do it by themselves because their thought pattern is that they don't have money to pay for somebody else to do it. And I will say that the biggest thing that has escalated my business has been bringing in people who are willing to invest in the vision in their areas of expertise that are not driving the train, but are willing to go with where I have vision casted us to end up. And their like expertise has literally skyrocketed different things. 
such as the marketing piece, such as the content curation, the video um, branding, things that like I like to do and I could figure it out, but I don't have the time while I'm driving the train towards the destination. There's so many other pieces to the puzzle. And so I want people to understand that it's not necessarily about I can't afford this, this person. It's more about if I invest in this person, what happens to the vision and how soon can I get to the goal? It's not about speed because the process and the building is so critical. Um, and we learn every single day uh, things fail forward, right? And also um, the celebration of the tiny wins. And so those two things spoke to me. And then the final thing is making sure that within our time blocking and within our schedule that we're putting in the things that bring us joy. So many times we get stuck in the weeds at that beginning stage where there's, you know, a thousand things that we need to get done and yet nothing feels complete. And so realizing that in order for that train to keep moving, there has to be that moment of, of play. There has to be that element of joy. Otherwise, you lose that momentum. And at that point, it fails. So it goes back to Scott's 92% uh, of small businesses don't succeed. And so really being cognizant of not only your schedule, but who is alongside you in that. Um, those two really spoke to me and have been a huge trajectory point and change for my business. So thanks so much for letting me share. This is Tamara. I'm done for now. Hi, this is Nikki. I wanted that. to just good morning, back Nikki. Off of that. Good morning. Yes. So, um, I do agree with the delegation. Something that I do share with a lot of my clients is that it's not really about the how, you know, because a lot of times we work on businesses and projects, and we need a logo, we need a website, we need a sales phone, we need an email list, we need, you know, this graphic, and we stop and we try to go learn how to do the thing. And if you really think about your learning curve, it takes the people, it takes people a long time to learn something. It may take you three months, six months, ten weeks, ten months, and by the time you learn it, it may not even be right. And all that time you spent, you could have been focusing on your gift, you know, what's going to put money in your pocket, or prospecting and meeting other people. So instead of worrying about the how, how am I going to get this job done? How am I going to get this task done? Focus on the who. Who has the skill sets to do the jobs? Who is the expert in that industry? Who has gone to school? How to make a website? Because for them, it could take them 2.5 seconds to put together a whole Shopify websites, and it take you about 10 months to put together a Shopify account. And you could have made a whole lot of money during those 10 months of you learning, and then have to go back and fix the errors you make. You know, so if you really calculate the time it takes you to learn the how and putting these pieces together. You know, if you was working a nine to five job, you want to get paid for that time. So if you think about if I was being paid for this time, you know, what would be the cost if someone hired me and just invest that money in hiring somebody to do it. So that way it can get done faster. You can get to the next step in your business, go immediately and start getting results. Because at the end of the day, you know, is either you want to invest in your money um, and get um, faster results and pay for time. Or you want to invest in trying to save money and you invest in um, sweat equity. So that's what I want to share. Don't focus on the how you're going to get the things done. Go find the who. Um, hire two to three people to do one task. And whoever does it better wins. And that's my take. And I'm signing off. I love that you said that, Nikki. I love that you said that. Yeah, I, I wish to God I could go back seven years and realize that myself starting out. Because I was, the, I was that person. I was that jack of all trades. And when I first got launched, I'm like, I need a website and I need this and I need that. And I did. I spent so much time teaching myself how to do a lot of the things that I very simply could have just paid somebody that had already had that experience to do. And I, I think that's absolutely fantastic. 
fantastic advice. Anybody else want to chime in here and talk about, you know, the, the a tip for starting a successful side hustle? I see Dr. Janie flashing her mic. Good morning, beautiful. Hello, Michelle. Good morning. You know, two points I want to make from hearing your tips and from other the other speakers is one when I look back and I started the the side hustle that's now a full-time payroll business that's grown tremendously over the years is I wasn't actually prepared for my success. So, you know, when I look at who's working a full-time job nine to five and I started that hustle. So all your tips can help you also prepare for success because sometimes I know the, the recommendation is to move moderate, do all these things, but sometimes we can accelerate a lot faster than we ever imagined is my first um, point. And my second point, and I believe Nikki had just kind of um, uh, volleyed me into this point, is sometimes we focus so much on hiring the who with their skills and their talents. And I was reminded last night that we hire people on their skills and their talents, but we fire people on who they are. So to also remember that, yes, we can hire the right people, that they can do these tasks, but for longevity, when I look back, you know, I've hired the wrong people that didn't necessarily can have the vision. They had the skills and talents. But now if I was to look back and tell myself starting all over again, and I'm putting that out here for everyone that may be on this journey, is to also have that holistic approach, right? Also understanding who the person is. Yes, they can bring the skills and the talents and all the things we need to get the job done. But if we really want to have that um, excelling towards success, Right. It's the people. It's our team. It's sometimes those are the anchors that can hold us back. So also take into consideration who people are, because essentially that's why we fire them. This is Dr. Janie. I'm complete. I love that you said that, Janie, because I think that that's really important. And I think that really is what separates the winners from the wannabes, if you will, um, making sure that you're a good leader. And part of being a good leader is understanding your people, right? It's important that you have the right people beside you that are going to support your vision, that they're going to invest in, their, in the vision that you have, and that they're going to be alongside you for that. But I think that it's equally important that we as leaders understand and have some level of empathy uh, with the people that are on our team as well. Because like you said, sometimes we just fire people for who they are. Somebody could be the, the greatest at, their, at what they're doing, uh, but if the personalities are clashing, uh, that can be a reason for a business to fail, a side hustle to fail, what have you. So it is it's so important uh, that you do have the right people beside you. But I think that it's equally important that you take the time to really get to understand the people that are on your team. If they're there and they're fighting for your vision and they're and they're doing you know the work, uh, everybody goes through stuff in life, right? And I think that it's really important that we that we take the time to get to know the people that are on our team, understand what drives them and what fires them up and what motivates them. But at the same time, we also have to understand the weaknesses of our own team. And, and I just, I love that you said that. So thank you so much. Anybody else want to dive in? I see Brandy flashing her mic. I don't know if you're clapping or if you have something to add, but yeah. you've added so much value this morning. We'd love to hear from you. I'd love that. I'm actually out walking. So if you hear the birds, um, but I think the best advice when I, when I started is to build the legs. And what I mean by that is, you know, basically make sure that you have that one thing that's going to create value for your ideal client avatar, but also is going to bring that income. Because I think as an entrepreneur, a lot of us, we have a million ideas and we want to go in on so many things and uh, that's going to lead to confusion on who you're actually serving. So go all in, build it out, get successful at that one thing, and then go into those other things. Yeah, absolutely. And Liza, Liza said that earlier too. It is, I think it's really, really important 
uh, that you do stay in that lane and that you get really, really good at one thing. I, I like I said earlier, I'm that person. I, I probably have 50 notebooks that are just filled with ideas, whether they're, they're coming from something I hear, something I see. I've had dreams uh, where I've literally just like envisioned a whole idea and I will get up in the middle of the night and I just have to scribble it in my notebook and go, oh, maybe I can turn that into something. Jack came forward as increased its sales by over 136%. My name is Travis Flaherty. We have seen over 55% increase in sales. Jeremy Allen here. We finished our month off at not even a 20% increase, but a 30% increase. Hey guys, Jean Paul Guidry here. Now I've experienced massive increases of 156%, collectively 125%. My name is Kevin Sturrisnatter. We went an increase of 50%. 50%, we went from 50 units to 75 units. We got a 39% growth in volume. This stuff works! I'm Glenn Lundy, creator of the 800% Club. The results that we've been getting out of the 800% Club are ridiculous. Everything that you just heard all happened in the first 90 days. So I wanna open this up, helping more dealers across the country. We're now enrolling for 800% Club members. So look, the time is now. It's time for you to protect your legacy. Head on over to 800EliteAutomotiveClub.com to learn more. Um, I'm definitely that person. So I think that absolutely what you just said, it's really important, you know, that you get really, really, really good at the one thing uh, before you kind of take off and, and start spiraling into a hundred different directions because it can get very, very overwhelming very, very quickly. So I love that you said that. Any of our other moderators want to jump in? I see Michael Huey on stage. I see Dr. Rowe. Dr. Rowe, I see you flashing your mic. I would love for you guys to chime in. We got about five minutes left. Go ahead, Michael. Dr. Rowe, ladies first. Okay. Uh, thank you so much, Michelle. I enjoyed what everyone said. I loved your number six when you talked about asking for feedback. I recalled someone who had a side hustle as well, and they were working in that for a couple of years without asking for feedback. When someone finally did an anonymous survey to ask the people around them what was going on, they received over 200 um, complaints about their attitude and how they were treating people. And finally, one person actually wrote their name down on the survey so they could see who it was. And it was a relative and it hit them in the gut. And what they really learned from that is their own behavior, um, being an introvert, trying to do a side hustle may not be the best for you. You may have to put other people or delegate, like you said before, in a position, but also check ourselves, you know, ask others, how am I doing? What do you think about me? And do it sometimes anonymously so they'll tell you the truth. And that will create change and lasting benefits for having that side hustle. With that, I hand the mic to Michael. Thank you, Michelle. So good, Dr. Rowe and Michelle. Thanks for this. This uh, I actually been sitting here taking notes actually this morning, and I'm just sitting out on the lake and and just thinking about all the pieces that you talked about. I think for me, one of the things you brought up was you know um, it, it, there has to be unity in your message, and like Tamara was saying, you know your brand. Like you can't serve every you can't serve everybody. You can't please everybody you know i made a post the other day that had massive traction about some things that god showed me about trying to be a people pleaser and trying to please everybody and my my side hustle had originally 
replaced my income. And then it allowed me to go into where God really was taking me and to launch my brand and to, to, to build what we're building now. That's just both of them are, are parallel side by side, encouraging each other and, and making, making both of those uh, brands better. And, and, and it's, and it's been an impact. It's like what Dr. Rowe just said, you know, I, I, I really want people in my life that can tell me what I, what I need to hear, not what I want to hear. And, and you said this, Michelle, you said, you know, you have to treat it like a business. It, it, if you, it, the reason people like what Scott was saying, the reason there's only like that six to 8% of people that are successful when they do this is because they don't treat it like a business. They don't use the intentionality and the parallels. And, and, and then what you have to do is you have to teach that to other people. You have to lead by example. And you, one of the things I've learned from this long journey is, is that you can't want things for people that they don't want for themselves. If, if a person is, is not on that same pace going forward, then you have to meet them where they are. You have to love them where they are and not want things for them that they don't want for themselves. And I think that this is a great tool for people. If you don't just, the difference between y'all sitting here and listening to everybody that's talked and all the tools that Michelle has spoken is that you implement them in your lives. You look how they fit in the situation that can solve a problem. And I'll finish with this. Michelle just gave us a bunch of tips and so did everybody else to solve some problems that you've been sitting and looking at and, 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 and wanting to figure out. And you just got a masterclass on them over the past 45 minutes or so. So Michelle, thank you for bringing me up. Dr. Rowe, everybody that spoke. God bless you. This is Michael. I'm complete. I agree 1000% Michael and love what you just shared and these conversations this morning are incredible, incredibly valuable. And so Michael, while I have you, while I have your attention, I need a little help. So there is a group of amazing superhumans that have decided to pour into me and help me change my physicality and be flexible. They're gonna make me healthier. They're doing all of those things. And so I started today, and part of it is I have to do some swabs that I turn in so they can understand my adrenals and all this stuff, and I got to do detox stuff, and so on and so forth. And so, Michael, I know that Dr. Phil had said not to take, like, some hormone-type stuff, which I didn't take any of that stuff anyway, but I took some flavic acid this morning and some other acid, whatever it was that they told that you guys told me to do. And the CBD oil drops under my tongue. I did a swab before that, but I haven't done the second swab. So do I continue as planned or should I stop the detox stuff, get the rest of the swabs in? Or do I have to start over? Did I No, 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 you don't out? have to start over. It's, if you had been <laughs> if you'd been two or three days in, I mean you're not really supposed to do that because you want to get kind of like a a fasting, resting swab and all that stuff. But now I would just tell you to do finish that stuff today, get that stuff sent off so that you can have an, I mean, it's not like you've been putting five or six days of things in your body, right? So the the effect of something, and I, I think that that's, what, that that's what's most important. And I think it's funny, Dr. Phil and Dr. Anise and I were talking yesterday about you and how we can serve you and how, you know, the, 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 the things that, the, like Glenn, Glenn, you're very vulnerable. You posted your pictures and, and I'm sure that that was challenging for you to do. Um, cause I just went over, you know, I, I think when, when you get in, I look at least 10 to 15 pictures of new clients on a regular basis. And I think what's good about that is, is it, 
doesn't just let you think about where you are now. It lets you know kind of where you're going. And I think it's just a standard of a raise up in your life because I watch how you're doing this in every area of your life. And I think this is just the next piece that you're doing. So yeah, I hope that helps brother. I love you and appreciate you so much. Thanks bro. That does help. And yes, my wife was like, um, excuse me, why are there pictures of you in your underwear that you were sending off to people? <laughs> and, I, and I was like, hey, honey, we got to get real. We got to get raw. Like, this is a golden opportunity. You know, six different experts choosing to pour into me, and I want to make sure everyone can learn along the way as well. So I'm tracking everything on Instagram in my stories. So if you want to follow my Instagram, if you want to learn, uh, basically, they're biohacking me in every way possible between DNA and gut health and all the different things. Uh, it's all organic. It's all holistic. It's all natural, uh, those types of things. So if you want to learn in those areas, I know Michelle is uh, an expert in fitness now as well. But if you want to learn in those areas, follow me on Instagram. I'll take you on the journey with me. I'm actually headed into the gym right now to do day one of Mark Jenkins's fitness routine that they put together for me. I've got three days a week with his fitness routine, two days a week of yoga, uh, all kinds of crazy stuff. So I uh, headed in for that, but thanks, Mark. I thought I had already messed up, so I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> yeah. You're good. Good job. For the Ray. record, Michelle is not a fitness or health expert. <laughs> Michelle, <laughs> you are too. Stop. <laughs> Willie is the top of the hour, and I believe we have Laura Wild up next. Is that correct? Yes, ma'am. Thank you guys for spending your last hour with me, Laura. It is all yours. Thanks, Michelle. Hey, I'm going to have to go check on uh, Glenn's Instagram to look at him in his underwear. I'll be right back. Stories, stories. Hi, Tamara. Good morning. You don't want to see that. Trust me. You don't want to see that. Maybe in five months, but you don't want to see it today. Well, I want to have the visual picture to compare in five months. See, because you might take the old ones down. So, y'all, you know, we need to give up a round of applause for my girl, Michelle, and the people's answers. And just that she shared so lovingly from her heart and uplifted our levels. Let's give her a mic clap or you can even unmute and give her a woohoo or whatever <laughs> whatever your <laughs> awesomeness i love you superhumans i mean the part where we get to act 12 is my favorite part so i you know me i like to put those out there as much as possible so i'm laura wild i'm going to be talking today about what our default is and about how we can be unbotherable. So being unbotherable is a superpower. So first, we're gonna reset the room with my friend Alpha Six, who's assisting me today. Alpha Six, take it away. Breakfast with Champions. If you're just joining us, welcome to the Millionaire Breakfast Table brought to you by Mr. Glenn Lundy. We just had Michelle on the mic, and now we have the pleasure of Miss Laura Blueberry. Wow. You know I had to throw the blueberry in there, right? So, I like you... it. <laughs> so go ahead and hit that plus symbol. Get all your friends in here, like crowd the whole table. I mean, standing room only. Let's make sure we have a good time this morning. And over to you, Miss Laura. 
Thank you, Alpha Six. Yes, uh, there was a day we all picked our pretend middle name as a vegetable or a fruit. So I'm Laura Blueberry Wild. If you haven't gotten your fruit or vegetable name yet, be sure to pick it because you know we need things like Glenn, uh, Rutabaga, Lundy, etc. So I'm Laura Wild. I'm here kissing my basketball somewhere on stage. I can't even find myself, which is one of my um, one of my challenges in Clubhouse is finding people on the stage, including myself. Today I want to talk about being unbotherable because I'm. I tend to be a very botherable person for no reason. And I started this thing that I would encourage you guys to do. So on my phone, there is a little reminder that says, what are you thinking right now? And that reminder pops up at random times, not just at the top of the hour, but sometimes like at 2.15 in the afternoon or 11.39 in the morning. And it's really interesting for me to see what my thoughts are. So I encourage you to be stalking your thoughts so that you can understand where you are in any given moment. Sometimes I'll have that pop that pop up and I'll be like, why am I thinking about a boyfriend from six years ago who irritated me about something like that's not a good way to be a powerful person. So I want us to start thinking about how we can really constantly be in a state of uplifting our thoughts. So being unbotherable is the first start like, oh, where am I botherable where I could maybe be a little less botherable. So I have this default phrase and I want to hear from you guys today, a lot of audience participation. So I can understand and we can all start to get ideas about the default phrase. So when I'm in a place where I feel like there is a challenge or a struggle coming, or I just don't feel completely, you know, at in a state of oneness or in this high vibration, my default is I and my father are one. And that gets me so reconnected. So maybe be thinking about a default phrase for yourself. If you don't already have one, because the reason it's good to have a default phrase, because honestly, we can all just be our own mental performance coaches. And the goal is to be reprogramming our subconscious mind. So the best way, the fastest way to do that, to keep when we're keeping it simple, right, is to drown out the negativity, to drown out the old thoughts that don't serve our highest purpose and let that noise of our positive mindset really overpower that negative or the mundane and mediocre. So, you know, I like to talk about excellence versus mediocrity. Excellence is when we're thinking in a high vibrational, powerful way about ourselves and people around us. And if you're someone who's botherable, you're probably really harsh on yourself. Is anyone in here? You can just tap your mic. Are you harsh on yourself? Do you find yourself thinking about yourself in ways that you wish you didn't sometimes? Yeah, I see some mic flashes. So I'm like that myself. I actually am sometimes shocked, like, wow, you just thought that about yourself. So when you add something like that to your calendar, you have a chance to be very aware and the self-awareness is so key. So I've been reading this book by uh, Genevieve Berend, Berend B-E-H-R-E-N-D. It's a really old book. I I'm seriously don't think she's alive anymore. The book's called Your Invisible Power. And she gave me this idea about having an organized mind. So I wanted to, I'm just going to read a sentence from the book because it, I think it makes a lot of sense. She says, if you train yourself in practice of deliberately picturing your desire and carefully examining it, examining it, you will soon find your thoughts and desires come and proceed in more orderly procession than ever before. So the orderly procession of our thoughts is something that we can control. We can start to think about what we think about, right? And that is really what consciousness means. So when people say things like, man, you're not woke or she's woke. What that really means is awareness, self-awareness. Can you think about what you think about? Because if you can, you can change it. And you know, you can really be a servant uh, this lifetime. You can really actually serve higher and better purposes. So the other thing is, uh, if you have a default statement, 
Um, I actually want to popcorn around for a few people and then we'll go to purpose. So who would like to share a default statement that you might have that keeps you going? And if you don't have one, you can also speak up and we can help you come up with one. So does anyone have one they want to share? You can flash your mics to big stage. I'll be looking. I'm going to start at the bottom and go back to the top. I hear someone. Yeah, Tamara and then Alpha 6 and I'll keep looking. Thanks. So this morning, Stephen Kuhn was in here and him and his partner, Lane Ballone, wrote a book called My Humble or Unleash Your Humble Alpha. And we do a book club on it on um, Fridays at noon in the Breakfast of Champions uh, arena. But he talks about a two word moniker, which sounds familiar to what you're saying in the sense that it keeps you aligned to your ultimate purpose. Um, And so mine is Illuminate Joy. And so illumination being like fire starting and activating like the deeper call within people and then always tying it back to living a life of joy. And so whenever I'm doing any activity, literally within a time block, within entrepreneurship, within my family, within travel, all the things that I love to do, if there's not a component of joy connected to it or coming within the next couple hours, because sometimes we got to do things we just don't like. We got to grind and bear it and grit our teeth and get through it. But I know that something is coming later that day, whether it's a hug from my spouse, a kiss from my spouse, whether it's a, a snuggle from my kiddos, whatever that is. And so illuminating joy is my lifeline. Um, and it only happened when I was able to surrender my life and realize that things that were making me exteriorly happy were not providing me internal joy. And so um, it was a breakdown and release of what the world says creates joy versus what actually creates joy. Um, so thanks for letting me share. Hey, Tamara, I love that. The two word moniker, my uh, two word moniker, because to me, it's like, it's nice to have those little things. And then let's remember to write them on a post-it note or a sticky note or put them on our phones. Mine is unleash genius. And so the two word moniker is really a powerful thing too, right? Like love we that. All have, shouldn't we all have the default the two word moniker and the purpose. And that's just something we surround ourselves with. So thanks Tamara for sharing that, my dear. You always add such great value. And I know Alpha Six was next. Oh yeah. So, you know, last night I was reading like I always do. And uh, I was reading Neville Gardar's book, Awaken Imagination. And it starts with a quotation says, imagination, the real and eternal world of which this vegetable universe it's but a faint shadow and in which we shall live in our eternal and imaginative bodies when these vegetable mortal bodies are no more. And it's followed immediately by Einstein saying imagination is more important than knowledge. So my question I ask myself is what's still possible? Like no matter how great you've done, I still ask like what's still possible. And even if I fail, so to speak, I can move past that outcome and still ask the same question. What's still possible? What's still possible? We don't know what's still possible, so let's find out. I love it. Thank you, Alpha 6. And I'm going to scroll the audience. Is there someone else who would like to, by a show of tapping your mic, to share a default? Lolita and then Dora Maria and then Megan. And thank you. That's the order for the next three. Hey, everybody, Laura and Alpha, what a great question. You know, mine is you are standing right here. Just a reminder of you are standing right here. Now, what are you going to do? And that's it. Just that simple. Make a choice. All these down so I can keep them. (laughs) I might have like 25 at the end of the show, maybe 55. Thank you, Lolita. Who's next, my dear? Oh, that would be me, Dora Maria. Um, For me, I, I, I like to border on the silliness. So mine is today, even the spaghetti rises. 
And this takes me back. We had a um, just a, a set <laughs> workshop with uh, these young kids in like the fifth grade. It was like a middle school class. And the person that had to bring the straws for this bridge project um, just didn't make it. So we didn't have anything. But I had some spaghetti in the car because I don't know why. I just always carry extra things to eat because I have 10 nieces and nephews. So I, that's how I roll. So we used spaghetti. And the spaghetti, we had so much fun that day just building these bridges from spaghetti, the tallest bridges ever. And whenever my mind starts to wander into negativity or anything like that, I just remember that phrase because I just kept telling them, don't worry. Today, even the spaghetti rises. And that, to me, has become my reset mantra uh, when I go. So thank you. <laughs> Dora Maria, today, even the spaghetti rises. It's funny because I use two phones when I'm doing Clubhouse. And this notification came through. And I glanced over. And I was like, who said that? So I love it. Today, th that's a beautiful one. OK, so I'm writing that one in my silly column. Because we need that. I agree with you. The silly ones make a big difference for us. So. I have Megan, and then I have Joy and Dr. Rowe. Hi, Megan. Oh, Good morning, beautiful. How are you? Y'all, so she is as lovely in person as she is on Clubhouse. Well, thank Megan. you. Thank you, Laura. Thank you. Well, mine is hope and possibilities. And, you know, without hope, there is hopelessness. And there is always hope and infinite possibilities. This weekend, guys, I rode a bicycle. I had not ridden a bicycle probably in 30 years. And I was on a girl's trip in Fredericksburg, Texas, which is the hill country. And my uh, dear friend, uh, Susan Hurley, has this amazing house, East Creek Cottage, give her a plug. And, but she has these beautiful Schwinn-type bicycles. And they said, come on, Megan, let's go. And I was like, hmm, over the horizon, kids hope and possibilities. I did it. Have a beautiful day, everyone, and be blessed. Thank you, Laura. Well thank done, you, Megan. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Was, who is that? It was Michael. Oh, I thought it was your voice, Michael. Good to hear your voice. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was good. It was really good. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Megan. I'm loving your skincare. I can't believe I only got a sample, so. Okay. <laughs> When I look okay. flawless on Clubhouse, y'all will know why. I mean, wait, Instagram, y'all will know why. Okay, right. call me. Thank you, love. Talk <laughs> Thank to you, soon. love. Okay, so we have Joy, Dr. Rowe, and uh, the other person I called on, Anne Martin. Hello, I love Joy. it. Good morning. As you would say, good morning, America. <laughs> good morning, so, America. One of the things that I really took from Lane and Stephen's book, too, as Tamara said, that two-word moniker for me is I'm a constant connector. And consistency is one of, in my opinion, just an amazing trait to see in anybody. And when people say, Joy, you're just consistent, I think when it comes to just doing the things that you don't feel like doing, um, but always connecting. Yesterday, I got to finally meet in person with Scott Simons, and we had a whole group of people. And they're like, how do you all know each other? Like, we don't, but we do. And it was the best thing ever. So constantly can constantly connecting with people, um, pushing yourself out of your own comfort zone and walking away with new friends wherever you go. Love you, friend. I love it, Joy. Of course that's yours too, by the way. Of course it is. That's so perfect for you. Joy, what are you the friend collector? Joy has like Yes. I just, throw people, I just throw people in the bag. No tag. 
I mean, when I realize that you're only four hours away when I'm in Atlanta, I think I'm going to have to just get in the car. I could be, I could literally be back, you know, by, by sundown. So my sister lives in Atlanta, so we'll have to make that happen ASAP. Atlanta clubhouse, get together, come meet Joy and me and anyone. We can't wait to meet you. All right. Who is next? I think it's Dr. Rowe. Yes. Thank you so much, uh, Laura. Good morning. Mine is beacon focused and it's uh, in line with my personal mission, which is to be a beacon to everyone I encounter. And for those who are believers, they know what I'm speaking about. For anyone else, it would denote that I am being a light to every person I encounter. Certainly imperfect, but I certainly try to see people, um, especially when we live in a busy world and uncertain pandemic season and people uh, walk this earth right now seemingly unseen. With that, this is Dr. Rowe, and I give the mic back to you. Thank you, my dear. Thank you so much for sharing that. I love that, the beacon. I love that. And, okay, I know before, who's before Martin? Do y'all remember the order? Alpha 6, do you remember? Or Martin, you go. We'll figure out who it is. Hi, Martin. I think I saw you. Hey, good, there we are. Hey, good morning, Laura. Thanks for, for uh bringing me up. It's wonderful to talk to you today. I've got a little bit of a voice issue today, so I may have to shout. Um, I discovered something really interesting in some reading I was doing about two weeks ago, and I've, I've adopted this as my new uh, question to keep me from being, un to keep me from being, or to keep me from being botherable. And that is, what's my locus of control? And I understand that we have an internal locus of control or an external locus of control. And over the course of the last couple of weeks, as I prepare for my fiance and my brand new daughter to come here on Friday, which I'm totally jacked about, there have been times on the phone where we would have conversations and she would say something that would kind of get me a little bit upset. And so what I realized with locus of control is if I have an internal locus of control, then no matter what somebody says to me, they can't bother me. So in situations where things start to flare up or I start to get a little bit worked up or whatever, I ask myself, what's my locus of control? And if I realize it's external, then immediately I change the energy of that. And that really makes all the difference uh, for me. So that, I'm, I'm done speaking. Thanks, Laura. Thank you, Martin. Thank you for sharing that. I'm just going to take one or two more. I'm going to look. I see Coach Isaac, and then let's see who's going to be after Coach Isaac, if anyone. I'm just scrolling to see if I have any more. Mike Taps, Martine, after Coach Isaac, and then Mark. Thank you. Good morning, Laura. I'm loving this. Um, I didn't have a, I didn't have a, a, a two-part word or a, you know anything to make me unbotherable. Um, but I guess I would say, from from when I was reading my devotional this morning. Uh, the scripture came up, be still and know that I'm God. So if I would say anything, then it would be, be still. And, you know, that's just confirmation of you even using this segment to talk about this. And then I happen to have that devotional at five this morning. So yeah, be still. That would be mine because it automatically makes me put my put myself out of the driver's seat in whatever situation it is and and put put God back in control. So be still. That'll be my two words. Thank you, Coach Isaac. I love that one because it really is about reconnecting, re allowing, you know, 
source to move through us, allowing God to, God to be, not the co-pilot, right? The pilot. Thank you for that. All right. And next. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. I love what everybody said. And um, for me, I don't think I have um, anything that would keep me unbotherable, but I have things that keep me grounded. And one of those things is Jeremiah 29, 11. It's for I know the plans I have for you, plan to prosper, not to harm you, plan to give you a hope and a future. So my grounding verse, um, my, the two words that I pull from this is um, plan, oh gosh, um, hope and future. Those are the two words that um, no matter what, you know, what's going on and sometimes I, I I heard earlier I heard someone said do you tend to be hard on yourself I'm one of those people I, I, I tend to be really really hard on myself and when things don't go the way I anticipated them um, I get depressed I get discouraged but I don't I don't necessarily give up but I get discouraged to the point where sometimes I even wonder if it's even worth it. Um, but I appreciate everybody's thought. On this note, I am complete. Thank you, Martine. I appreciate you. You know, and for me, the segments to me are always about how can I help people start to self-reflect more? Because, you know, we've all said like, wow, you know, some of us have said, not all. Oh, I'm getting tired of Clubhouse. I hear a lot of stuff repeated. So, you know, it's fun to have us get into our own minds because we can start to pull out what we need to let go of and really start to surrender to that highest power within us. So I loved yours. Thanks for sharing that. And then Mark, you're up next. Thank you for having me this morning and um, and welcome to a, a fantastic Monday, champions. Um, you know, the one thing that, that carries me forward um, each and every day as you get to obstacles, as you get to challenges, um, and I and this may be very relevant to Glenn, I believe he's in the gym. You know, how many, how many times have we been you know, uh, in that gym working out and um, we're putting pressure, we're putting stress, we're breaking down muscles to build up muscles. And, um, you know, you have somebody spotting you and they push you to do just one more. So for me is that statement, just one more. If I can just reach just one more person, it pushes me beyond the pale of just, um, you know, my mediocrity or my average. You know, because, you know, uh, good is the enemy of, of, of great. Uh, so just one more. That always pushes me. Just one more email I can send out. Just one more um, person that I can mentor or reach or one life I can touch. You know, there was a movie, the um, Heartbreak Ridge, that was um, uh, that was uh, produced by um, Clint Eastwood. And it was uh, about a U.S. Marine that went into war. And um, he was a, a conscientious, he wasn't a conscientious objector, but he, and he didn't want to, to hurt anybody. He wanted to help people. And um, and so he was, I remember he was going into harm's way and he was he was a medic and he was going out and he was trying, he was going into danger, running into the face of adversity in the end. And he was going out to save um, uh, people um, that were in distress, that were hurt, that were injured. And he just kept saying, just one more, Lord, just one more. If I can just go and just say one more, and that's something that just just is stuck with me. It keeps me moving. It keeps me going. And it always pushes me to the next level. So I just wanted to share that with us this morning. Thank you for having me, Mark. And I'm complete. 
Just one more. I love it, Mark. Speaking of just one more, and thanks for sharing. Thanks for being here uh, at our breakfast table. This is Breakfast with Champions, just in case you just joined us and somehow you've never been in this room. Welcome. We are a room full of love, praise, and we love Jesus. But we sometimes cuss a little. Actually, not in this room. We don't. So let me stop saying that. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> But tell the so, truth. Tell the truth, though. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Amen. It's a little bit. Amen. <laughs> You know, I was going to go to you, Nate don't Boris. Start, don't start cussing now. I know y'all. I see y'all getting froggy exactly. over here. No, we ain't going to do We ain't going to do it. Hold froggy. it down. Hold it down. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn's like, he's like, what is she, what is she doing? Um, so I want to, I'm going to go first to Nate, then to Mason. And I, don't worry, I've cleared it with people. So I'm not just going to call on you because sometimes if they're like, I'm going to call on everyone. I'm like, leaves quietly because I may not be able to get my finger to the phone in time. I don't want to seem like I'm not there. So I have a question, Nate Forrest, two questions. Oh, Nate Forrest has a picture of us together because we got to meet in Denver. Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Oh my goodness. So Nate Forrest, what are you thinking right now? Are you sure you want to go to me? No. <laughs> Without the, what? yeah, like, like I, I was saying, like, stalk our thoughts, right? So when I went, like, right before I went to you, like, what were you thinking? Like, are you, can you, can you notice where it was in, in your mind? be honest what well you kind of uh did a mind a pattern I, I call it a pattern interrupt when you kind of jumped in there and said uh you know uh, i love jesus and i like to cuss too it made me uh, uh <laughs> do a little pattern interrupt but you know what it's okay to have a little fun and uh, love jesus and hang out with the right people all at the same time so uh but right before that right before that i was thinking uh two 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 word things and i love this i've been writing these down this is this is so cool i like a quick little thoughts that can help shift our mindset. And I know me and you are going to be talking about mindset a little bit later on the social media show. And it doesn't have to be a long book. We don't have to read a whole book or uh, we might not even have time to read a whole chapter. But now I've got all these little two word uh, uh, phrases, these two word uh, uh, pattern interrupts. If I'm thinking negative negatively, if I'm thinking, you know, whatever, if I'm thinking I can't do something, I'm going to go through and I'm going to read all these that I've written down. And so mine is, uh, is two of them. Mine is I can and I'm prepared. And so I com I combine, I'm, you know, God has, God has prepared me for this moment. So if I'm, if I'm ever feeling unprepared, I always remind myself that I'm prepared, not, not through my own strength, but I am prepared through the strength that Christ gives me. So that kind of rolls into, I can do all things through Christ, Christ who strengthens me with his, which is Philippians 4.13. So I can, and I'm prepared. I love it, Nate. I can and I'm prepared. You know, it's interesting because I had kind of written out what I was going to talk about today and it bored me. It bored me so much. I was like, fell back asleep. So I woke up for like 10 minutes. I nodded off. I woke up at, I think, 545 and I, I just prayed for a minute. I said, God, please let something better channel through me if it is your will. And then I set my alarm for a little 10 minute prayer, meditation, whatever, to make sure I didn't follow it and fall asleep. And all of a sudden I woke up, it's like, boom, boom, boom. It just all moved through me. So it's the same thing, Nate. It was like, I know I'm prepared. It's not like I'm out here alone ever doing this. So we can remember that, that we're never alone. We're never alone. We're, we're surrounded by love and peace, 
even if we can't see it, because absence of the evidence of that does not evidence that it is absent. And when I, even though I said, and we love Jesus, I want to make sure that you all know this is a very inclusive room. There's no requirement to be a certain religion. I myself go to a non-denominational church and I embrace all people of all faiths. And I know that's true for us here in this room. So at least the ones that are on stage, I don't know about everybody in the audience, but I'm sure because you'd be here, if you weren't, if you weren't, you wouldn't be here, right? This is about love and peace and us all rising together. So uh, Mason, if you're there, I don't know if Mason's still there. Yeah, I'm here. Hey, Mason. I got to meet Mason in Denver, too. So Mason, baby blue eyes, what are you thinking right now? And do you have a mantra? Um, right now, I'm just thinking how grateful I am for Breakfast with Champions and the social media show. So many people um, from these two rooms have become my family here lately. And um, my life has just become exponentially better because of the people that I've met. And um, speaking to uh, that, I actually I just got a new mantra that I've been using this last week since the Denver conference. Um, Marcus Black started us off Friday night by having everybody close their eyes and just listen. And I immediately broke down whenever he had us do that because God spoke to me and he said, I'm here and I love you. And so all week long, I just keep hearing that. Um, when things are going good, I'm hearing that. When things are going bad, I'm hearing that. And just that reassurance for me has been huge. And so that's something that I've also um, been tr trying to give out to other people as well. Um, I've been in some text conversations with some of my friends and been asking them for prayer requests and stuff. And some of them just feel like they're not heard or... Um, like they don't matter and I've been in that place before and nothing has helped me more than hearing I'm here and I love you. I love that Mason. I'm here and I love you. Adding that one to my list. And y'all, the reason you heard that noise in the background is because Mason is a firefighter. So if there's anyone who's a publisher of calendars, you know how you've seen those firefighter calendars and there's like 12 different firefighters. I'm gonna make a million dollars off of one calendar with one firefighter on 12 months. So when you guys meet Mason, you'll get what I'm talking about. So, okay, sorry, sorry guys. <laughs> Thanks, Let's go. Thank you, Boo, I appreciate that. Yeah. He's a, tra a trainer, he, he helps people, you know, live their best lives physically and spiritually. So um, I think he's gonna be training some of us from the social media show so that when we meet in October in Dallas, we all look a little more svelte, shall we call it. Um, all right, so Jenny. I have Lace a question. I'm sorry that? to interrupt. Okay. It's Martine. I have a question. On the Jesus thing, I have a food truck, and I'm thinking about riding on the truck where Jesus people are you. Uh, but I don't know. It, I, I don't mind it, but I don't want it to come across as if I'm pushing my religion on someone else. What do you guys think? Well, Martine, I'm going to jump in and answer first because all my life or all my young life, my grandmother took me to this store called Lord and Taylor. It was in Chicago. So Lord and Taylor. I thought it was so cool. And I would kind of imagine, I just, just, you know, I was a child growing up in a patriarchal society. I assumed there were two men who started the store. Well, I found out, I don't know, like when I was today years old, that Lord was actually not a person, but Lord. So he named his store Lord and Taylor and was a massive success. So if one or two more people want to do a quick weigh in, I'm definitely opening the floor to that. 
I add to that, Laura? Yes, Dr. Rowe. Wonderful. Um, so just real quick, I was in Nashville, Tennessee um, a couple months ago, maybe five months ago, and we were downtown and I was very shocked by what I was seeing. And as I stood there, I looked and my friend said, look up. And there was a, a literal food truck with um, a woman and a cross hanging from her earring, but it was huge. It was blown up. And what she was doing was handing out Bibles to people who would get drunk down there in the middle of the night and try to sober up and they'd come to her truck and bring them to Jesus. She turns out to be uh, Cece Wine and sister Vicky. And it was amazing to see her um, putting her faith right in the front line with no fear. Oh so my gosh, answer to you would be faith over fear. Just do it. God sure. goosebumps all over. Thank you so much. You're wonderful. You're, you're welcome. I love that answer, Dr. Rowe. I feel like that was the perfect answer for Martine. Oh, Sarah McCord, how are you, darling? Do you want to add something there? Or are you just clapping your hands? Laura, I'd love to jump in for a minute. So yeah. I would share two things um, from Martine. The first thing that I would say is that, you know, part of establishing your brand is realizing that you're going to draw some people to you who are going to say, these are my people. I feel seen here. I feel warm here. And there might also be other people who say, you know what? I feel more seen at the food truck down the street and that's okay. That's actually good for your business. I can also say as a Jewish person on stage, and obviously no community is a monolith and no one speaks for their whole community. But for me personally, I feel comfortable in this discussion. I feel comfortable in this room. Um, and personally, when I think about what food truck I would go to, I wouldn't feel offended. I wouldn't feel excluded but I don't know that I would feel um, embraced, but that's okay, right? Because I don't, I don't go to church either and I don't feel offended or excluded, but I don't choose to walk through doors of a church. I choose to walk through doors of a synagogue and that's okay. I think that you know, we can have communities where maybe it says that you know, on your truck and I hope that there's a truck next to you that, that's halal and there's a truck next to that that you know, is kosher and a truck next to that and, and like that to me is, is America. So with that, I'm done speaking. I love that, Sarah. That was a great. I'm so glad Thank you joined you. in. Perspective, beautiful. Laura, this I is. Can, can I just say one quick word about that? Yes, please um, do. So this is Paulette speaking. When I first started my career in higher education, um, ten and a half, eleven years ago, they asked me to do. You know, you do an email signature and you, you know, have your your credentials, your title, whatever, right? How people can contact you and your signature. And I really wanted to put a Bible verse in there, but I was scared of the same thing. And I told myself, you know what, if it offends someone, they'll let me know, but it's for me and not for them. And so I've had the same exact signature in my, um, in my, you know, uh, the same exact scripture in my signature for 11, you know, 10 and a half, 11 years. And it's faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And that's Hebrews 11, one. And so many people have emailed me, you know, when I, when I send them out something and they'll say, wow, Paulette, that's really cool that you have that there. And I've moved up in my organization and I kept it there and God has been with me every step of the way. My best friend is actually a Muslim and um, she's, she's a practicing Muslim and there's no problem. I think, you know, I, I respect the person and not the idea, right? And so I can respect everyone's uh, faith and the, who they are um, because I know that I'm strong in my faith. And so if that encourages you, hopefully it will. I just wanted to put that out there, but it was scary for me and I did it and I did it scared anyway. This is Paulette, I'm done speaking. Thank you. Paula. Thank you, Paula. I got goosebumps Alpha again. That yeah, this is Glenn one. real quick. Hey, Glenn. Uh, thank you, Paula, for sharing that. And I love this discussion uh, right here. So yesterday at my church, the pastor, right before he said it, he said, uh, 
I apologize if this offends anyone. And I'm going to say it to everyone in the room as well. But then he followed by saying, if you have fear of anything earthly, then you are lacking in faith in God. You cannot have fear and faith at the same time. They don't exist. And then he went on to talk about anxieties and worries and concerns and all of these things that we all deal with. And he really hit me in the kidney. It was a, it was a gut punch for me specifically because I grind, man. I grind. I work hard. I'm chasing down things. I worry about my legacy. I worry about our, our, our finances. You know, I worry about all those things. And when he hit, he just hit me right between the eyes yesterday. And so I just wanted to share those words with those in this room. That if you have fear of things that are earthly, that is a lack of faith in God. You cannot have fear and faith at the same time. Boom. That's a mic drop right there, Glenn. I Thank you, that. Mr. Glenn. Yeah, Martine, I love the way you were served just now. Glenn, thank you for that. That's beautiful. I completely agree with that. And that even, I feel like, goes and stretches us into not only, you know, whatever fear might first come to mind, but prosperity, health relationships, etc. So I'm going to pass to Alpha 6 for a quick reset and maybe a few tunes. Here we go. All right. So, Laura, only you get two intro songs. Second intro song for Laura. Hey. Hey. Just joining us, you are at the Breakfast with Champions Millionaire Breakfast Table. We have Miss Laura Wild, and she's talking about how to be unbotherable. If you can, and I know you will, press the plus symbol and add a few more friends because why not? And while you're at it, make sure you join the Breakfast with Champions Millionaire Breakfast Club. Right after this, we have the social media show with Mr. Nate Forrest and all of his good friends. And with that being said, Laura, set it back on fire. Hey, Laura, right quick. My daughter, Shania, she has a T-shirt. She wore it on her birthday. It says, I can and I will. And I asked her if she knows the difference between I can and I will. She said, well, of course I can. I know I can. But I guess it's a matter if I will do what I can. I said, girl, you're a genius. Back to you, Laura. I love that Alpha 6. I love I can't wait to see, you know, how your children grow up because they've been given so much. And isn't it interesting that I mean for me, my parents were pretty positive, but I know that it seems like it's a generational thing because some of our parents and grandparents went through many hardships. So we actually have the benefit and maybe, you know, for some people they got thrown a little off track over the last year or so, but I feel like I've had a chance to go even deeper and be more introspective about what I'm thinking because I was alone a lot during the whole quarantine. So I got to really see what I was thinking. And I think it changed me because sometimes I didn't like what I was thinking, especially if it was about myself. So um, what I wanted to, what I'm talking about today is being unbotherable. And so we've discussed how some of us have a two word moniker. Some of us have a default phrase. And I encourage people to write in your, into your reminders, it'll pop up on your phone. What are you thinking right now? The other day I, it popped up. And what I was thinking right at that moment was I was grumbling to myself because I was at Whole Foods and a lady was taking a very long time in front of the coconut yogurt. Who cares? I could have been sitting there praying. So I got to see myself 
when I, I don't know, I think being salty for no reason. Like she's just looking at the yogurt. She didn't know what she wanted just because I know which kind I'm going to get every time. Doesn't mean she should jump off that fast. So I would like to go to really fast. I'm just going to jump to a couple more people in the audience. Janie Lacey, if you're there, what are you thinking? And what's your phrase? Hello, Laura. You know what I was thinking? I'm going to disrupt this whole uh, Jesus and cursing thing. <laughs> you know, so my, <laughs> as, I, as I mentioned to you, my son was in the car. He's no longer uh, in the car with me. But one of the things we talk about is that we love Jesus and we do the hard things. And we can choose to curse at any point in time, but we'll do the hard thing and actually think about better words that we can use to express that emotion. <laughs> so let me challenge all you that to do that. But that's what I was thinking when you were talking. Uh, love it. <laughs> I love it, and, of course. <laughs> Dr. Janie, my, my rub son, it. My son was listening to that, so I had to remind him what the Lacey family does. <laughs> Um, and I just love this, you know, my, I believe in, we all have to learn to inspire ourselves. And that's exactly what Laura's talking about this morning. We inspire kids, we're the parental mirror, we pour into them. But once we're an adult, at some point, we have to learn to self-heal, to be able to speak over our life. So when I get into those rough moments or those rough times in my life, my words to myself is remember who you are and whose you are. And that kind of like gives me that jolt of power and to remember that I am built for whatever I have going on in my life, that we have to go through that valley before we get to the mountaintop, and I'm built for this. And I have to remind myself that so I can kind of shake off whatever I'm going through, pick up, and continue to have the narrow focus. And, you know, in my two-word, uh, Monica, I just love um, Steve Coon's book, Reddit, is uh, the story connector. So I love to listen to people's stories, not to listen to their stories, but to understand who they are and why they do the things that they do. And, you know, like Oprah has that book, What Happened to You? We have ability to have a lot more compassion and empathy when we hear people's stories and not just hear it for our own entertainment, but to connect the dots to understand why they're passionate, why they feel this is their purpose, why they even act and behave the way that they do. And it just creates a greater level of empathy in our humanity. So great conversation, Laura. You know how much I love you. So this is Dr. Jane and I'm complete. Thank you, Dr. Janie Lacey. I was uh, lucky enough to be on Dr. Janie Lacey's podcast. So we got to spend an hour together. So being on a podcast, it's almost like you get to become BFFs. So thanks for that, Dr. Janie. And I knew that you were going to, you know, take us into a beautiful new direction or at least add something really valuable, which you did. Thank you so much. And I'm going to see, Jose, are you there? Jose with a new profile picture. Are you there, my dear? Yes. yes I am. So, all right, so what do you, hey, good morning, good morning. So what are you thinking? And what's your mantra? I was thinking um, that um, I was listening to Alpha talk and he was sharing about his daughter and I was just remembering how I've been adding into my children in a positive way now since being on Clubhouse and my life is like a bamboo tree. I'm growing underground and over time I'm going to show and it's going to show in my life. So that, that was the last thought that ran into my head. And um, my mantra is, um, it's not a two word, but it's, I can do all things through Christ because I lean on him and I walk through faith. And, you know, Glenn was talking about how we need to eliminate fear in our life if we're going to have faith because they can't coexist together, just like light and dark can't coexist together. Um, and... I've really learned to just put my fears, my doubts, the uncertainties, the anxieties of life. I've learned to, when those come, I just have to say, like how Coach Isaac was saying, I have to say, be still. 
and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So um, back to you, Laura. Thank you. Thank you, Jose. Yeah, if you guys missed it, Glenn was talking about how his pastor said, you cannot have fear and faith. You cannot have fear of earthly things and also have faith or say or claim that you have faith. So uh, I'm going to go to you, Michael Huey, and then I'm going to jump back in. Michael Huey. Hey, Joy, it's a little loud. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm just at the gym. I uh, following in Glenn's footsteps, right, Glenn? That's how we do it. So, um, no, yeah, I, just, man. I just I just took it away from a couple things away from people that they were saying. You know uh, what Joy was saying. You know, I'm a I'm a humble connector. I think it's been a gift of mine that God's given me to not focus on the negative, but to focus on the positive and to surround myself around people that lift me up and people that don't pull me down. And I think when you do that take away a little bit of peace from everything that everybody said today like I was driving to the gym I sat in the parking lot just listened and soaked it in and I think what's important is is when you're in clubhouse or I know Laura is a more visual person that's why it was good when we were able to connect and touch and meet people but I think what's most important is is that you take pieces away from what's been said today and you find out how you can implement them in your life and how them how they can lift you up and and connect you with the right people because you can't and, and people have said it you can't you can't be connected with everybody but you also can't live in fear without having faith so laura thanks it's a great topic it's been great to hear everybody speak today and it's just incredible to we had a meet up yesterday in orlando and just what clubhouse has brought together from a connection standpoint that we're here to lift everybody up so i love you both i love you guys so this is my place Hey, we love you back. Thank you, Michael Huey. So we're talking about, um, and I always love your shares. And yeah, I got to meet Michael Huey too. He's actually a lot taller than I realized he would be. So, um, so that that's a funny, right? That's the funny part. You're like, whoa, tall. Whoa, not tall. Whoa, you know, like it's just so great to meet people. And everyone has been so incredibly connected. So uh, we're gonna share a little bit, but first I wanted What's just up to with make... all these meetups. What's up <laughs> I know. With all these meetups. Are we invited? I'm getting invited to. Exactly. Orlando thinking... meetup. There was a North Carolina meetup. What? What is going on here? Y'all need to send invites to Glenn Lundy every time, and he will shout it out to the rest of Clubhouse. Maybe that's why I they need don't a Kansas meetup. A Kansas Junction City, Kansas meetup, please. I'm sorry, nobody lives in Kansas. Who? Sorry. What? Dorothy does. <laughs> Glenn, you're invited to New York City. New York City, July 29th and 30th. I'll be there. NYC. Glenn, I'm going to go to the conference, but I'm going to sit outside of the cafe and have coffee with people. Is that okay? Do you mind? Do you mind? Hey, I like the sound of that. That's all right. I want to have coffee with Laura Wilde in New York. Hey, let's do that. Yeah, guys, I actually got to meet Glenn. Glenn was the first person I met on, on uh, from Clubhouse in person that I didn't already know. How epic is that? Like, that's pretty cool. And who, like, back then, you know, we had people hadn't really been meeting yet. And so I got to meet Glenn Lundy. And that laugh is so infectious. And in person, it's even more infectious. So Glenn shared his team with me. You're so dope. Boy, you're amazing. <laughs> oh, thank you. So thank you. Laura, so I did the same thing. I hunted him down. Right? I know. And he's huntable. Like, Glenn is huntable. Especially if you look at his Instagram, you, you can hunt him in his underwear sometimes. And, you know, his wife's like, get what? Get off him. But no. Um, oh, no. So, yeah, guys, Here if you go. haven't seen Glenn Lundy, go. he's vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn, when, when Michael Hughes on my radar, that, I'm finding you next. <laughs> I'm around. I'm findable. Michael Huey was talking about a Glenn 
and Glenn was talking about Glenn getting in shape and being vulnerable. And I was like, whoa, we just put Glenn on blast. So Glenn, I'm really proud of you. Um, I keep my before pictures in my phone. I notice a lot of you, Joy Farley will share. People will share and I love that. Mark Jenkins shares. And uh, I just want to commend you because it's a big choice to make. Okay, I'm taking it to the next level on all levels because excellence really is something we can experience across all the planes and all the aspects of our lives, not just in one area. So we're talking about being unbotherable and having a phrase. And the reason it's good to have a phrase as our default or use our moniker, our two word moniker that keeps us going is because then we can change the frequency of our inner conversation because the inner conversation is really what brings us to the next level of our lives or not. Because if there's something that you're not getting in life, you're not getting out of life or that you're not able to share or give or serve in the area of in life, it's only us. We are the only ones in our own way. And the way we tear that brick wall down, because like we literally build a brick wall in front of ourselves so we can have to jump over it or go around it. And the best way to break it down is to keep raising our frequency, keep surrendering more, keep allowing, you know, source to flow through us. And I use words like source sometimes because I know we all have a different way of thinking about, or many of us have a different way of thinking about God. So my mom sent me a quote. I'm one of those people who, instead of like, oh, my parents don't get me, my mom completely gets me. And I realize, and I know that I'm really blessed with that. And when I was learning how to do holistic healing work and my stepdad was saying, get a real job. My mom would say, Laura's a healer. We have to help her. And so I'm that person who got protected by my mom when I was, you know, doing like hippie healing work and it's worked out so far really well. So she sent me a quote and it was uh, frequency is a cosmic field of energy frequency is a cosmic field of energy. So the way to think about this is what's the energy that's moving through you. And so you could think of the energy of Jesus as literally a cosmic field of energy, a really powerful, high, highly vibrating field of energy. So if frequency is a cosmic field of energy, it's, it's nice to think about what frequency we're operating from. Like, where are we in our, you know, in the world, where are we thinking right now? So what frequency are you tuned into? And that's where the phrase helps so much to have the phrase to make sure your default is a high frequency phrase. So Alpha 6, uh, we're talking about frequency and consciousness. I know this is one of the subjects you like to discuss as well. Do you want to weigh in here? I would love to hear from you. Yeah, frequency is everything. Uh, You know, when you study audio, they literally make you take critical listening classes where they just play pink noise or white noise and you have to guess the frequency, but the thing is, there's a certain frequency that you just cannot hear. It, it's too high, right? And if you can't hear certain frequencies, it also means you can't see them. You have a tremendous opportunity to reinvent your dealership today, right now, and to not take advantage of it would mean that everything that you just went through and are going through was in vain. How about instead we build something new like Kevin did in Virginia who was up 37% in April or Mike in Wyoming who was up 90% in April or Bob in Kentucky who broke a 60 year record this past January. All of these dealers joined the 800% club and together we continue to win. Listen, I've done this before. I've helped build a monster dealership from the inside out and now I want to build one with you. You and your team deserve it. So look, the time is now. It's time for you to protect your legacy. Head on over to 800EliteAutomotiveClub.com to learn more. But it does not mean they are not there simply because you don't perceive them through your five senses. So the higher frequency, especially of mine, uh, you don't 
perceived them at first, but you know they're, they're true. It may show up as intuition. You get a feeling about something before it happens. You get a premonition before something happens. You have to learn how to trust the power of your intuition so that you can move at that speed. And sometimes other people find out, you know, a while later, and they say, hey, that thing you told me, it happened. And you're kind of like, yeah, well, yeah, of course it did. But that starts with how calm you can make your mind. When you do breathing exercises like Wim Hof, the more centered your mind is, the more at peace you are, the more you're in an alpha state of mind, you actually can pick up things that other people simply can't see because they're moving too fast. One of the quickest ways to become what you wish to be is to literally assume the position of the person. So, Glenn, like, everything they're telling you about the fitness, in your mind you can't be like, uh, I'm a recovering whatever. You you have to start thinking like a triathlete or an Ironman or something like that and just start moving as if you already are. And then drinking water becomes natural, eating the vegetables natural. Some things you would do, you say, oh, not putting that in my body because I'm an athlete. And the minute you change your I am, you start literally to attract all the pieces of it, including those people who seem to have come out of nowhere, but at some point in time, you may have been looking out at all that grass behind your house and say, you know what, man? I want to be in the best shape of my life. And then wham, they all showed up on you like that. All right, back to the Lord. Hey, thank you, Alpha. I appreciate yes. it so much. That's how it happened, right, Glenn? Looking out, and it's not a backyard. It's like, how many acres do you have? Wait, are we allowed to know this, Glenn? Glenn lives in Kentucky on a plot of land. He doesn't live in a, in a, in a home. He lives on a plot, right? Yeah, I've got I've got ten acres. That's a plot. One acre per child and in, in, in grown up. So you all you each get your own acre. Yeah, that's right. Everybody's got their own acre, and yet they all are always found in the same two hundred square feet at all times. Exactly. <laughs> and, it's all, and it's all within two hundred feet of you, and it's always at a high vibrational frequency of sound, right? <laughs> hey, Glenn. absolutely. Glenn, you are my father. I would like an acre. <laughs> so, guys, we're talking about being unbotherable. So, you know, not everyone's had a chance to share out loud because the room is pretty big for that. I would encourage you, if you have a high-frequency phrase, your fallback phrase, your default, or your two-word moniker, maybe you make that part of your story post on Instagram today, and you tag Glenn Lundy, or you hashtag Breakfast of Champions, or you can even tag me if you want Laura Wilde. I will repost them all. Usually I'm trying not to repost everything, but high frequency phrases I'll repost on my story on Instagram today before I eat lunch. And it's only nine o'clock in Georgia, so I'm good on that. And is there anyone else who has a high frequency? I think Devorah maybe wanted to share. Are you here, Devorah, my dear? I'm here. Thank you. I, I actually wanted to say something that when you were talking about, you know, the religion and, you know, who we are in religion, but I don't know whether it's appropriate to share it now yeah yes. yes of course it is okay all right well anyway i just wanted to share this um this was something that came to mind when we were talking about how we accept each other um, based on our religious beliefs um and because i grew up united methodist with a grandmother who only had to give us the eye to behave and i have a muslim That's my grandma <laughs> And I have a Muslim sister who is just one of the sweetest people in, in the world. I mean, he's, she's just one of the sweetest people I know. My nephew, her son, he was born into the life. He's never had a morsel of meat in his, in his being. And he has the most velvety skin. And however, I am now non-denominational Christian, which is where I grew the most um, in my life. But however, 
I remember my pastor suggesting to us that we embrace the best of other religions and um, essentially just chew the meat and spit out the bones. And and I I, I took that to believe to to think um uh, uh to suggest that we um look at other religions and some of their um lifestyles. Uh, example, what I admire the most about the Muslim culture is that they have the tenacity and that commitment to prayer. Uh, I remember getting my hair braided. <laughs> I used to go get my hair braided with an um, African braider who was Muslim, but she would literally stop in the middle of braiding your hair and go pray. And you knew that if you were getting your hair braided and it was her time to pray, you were going to have to wait until she go to her mat and pray. That is something that we can take from the Muslim religion, that tenacity and that commitment to prayer. I like the Buddhists, how they are committed to manifestation and the positive thoughts that they just believe in. Just, you know, I remember having a friend who is from Sri Lanka. He had cancer, but he is now um, cancer free. But every time he had to go for his, um, go to have his um, appointments, you know, so that he can get his checkups, he would always take two or three days to, to meditate. And so it was just, it, he would just go to a quiet place and that's just how he, he would meditate and believe that his, his uh, results was going to be positive and, and uh, absolutely they were. And I just admire him. He was Buddhist and I admire that in him, but um, my two words would be acceptance and belief in ourselves and others. Because sometimes, again, we can chew the meat and spit out the bone in anything. There's good in uh -huh. everything. So yes. I'm Deborah. I'm done speaking. Thank you, Deborah. I appreciate that. I appreciate the, the diversity you shared with us. And that's beautiful. Thanks for sharing about your family. I appreciate you so much. And guys, I'm Laura Wild. I got a couple minutes left. And we've been talking about being unbotherable. If I didn't get to you, sorry about that. But I will get to you next Monday in the morning when we talk about something else. So I want us to remember that um, thoughts become things. And so we wanna be looking at our thoughts, stalking our thoughts, and maybe you even add something as a reminder on your phone where it says, what are you thinking right now? And let it remind, maybe even try it for every hour for one waking day. One day while you're awake, every hour, let it show up. And then maybe journal about it. And you don't want to journal what the thing was. You want to stay focused on the positive. So if you see that you're thinking about something that you don't want to be thinking about, then you write down your mantra or a phrase or I am, I am grateful, I am okay, I am abundant, I am prosperous, or my father and I are one, which is mine. So it's really interesting how sometimes we're not getting in life to the place where you desire to be. And it's only us, it's only me that's in my own way. No one else is in my way, just me. And it probably stems from my thoughts. And sometimes in our emotional body, we get a little stuckness because our emotional body actually can be the biggest block. So the main, the main emotions that I'm talking about are the ones that we use in Chinese medicine. Fear, sadness, anger, worry, and grief. F swag, fear, sadness, anger, worry, and grief. And as Glenn so nicely put it, we cannot have fear and faith. It's one or the other. So when you have absolute faith, the fear dissipates. And isn't that lovely and beautiful? So what if we can focus on faith a little more today and just become aware and start to notice and think about what we think about. And if you don't like what you're thinking about, change it. Because it's so easy to change our thoughts just by drowning out the negative. You just add positive thoughts, add mantras, surround yourself 
You want to let your biology affect your psychology. Let your biology uplift your psychology. Feeling broke? Smell some money. If you don't have hundreds to smell, smell fives and tens until you get more hundreds. Let things be in your visual field. Write the words down. Put them on sticky notes. Record it on your phone and play it back to yourself so that you hear it. Smell it. Taste it. Allow every one of your senses to become part of the way you uplift your life. I'm Laura Wild. I'm here kissing my basketball because everything is energy. And one day when y'all see a man's face, well, you'll probably, hopefully he'll be a stranger to y'all because I don't know. I don't know who it's going to be. But one day I'll replace my basketball with a husband and, you know, we'll have a clubhouse wedding. I'm a little, you know, jealous about Natasha having a clubhouse wedding that I didn't get to have. And, Manifest um, it. You're manifesting it, Laura. That's what I'm, I'm speaking talking about. It Manifest into, it. It's happening now. It's happening man, right now. Amen. I feel it. <laughs> So feel free to um, Laura, I am right in front of you. Woohoo! Right <laughs> oh, Mason, Mason, Mason. Shoot your shot. My blue-eyed young hottie. You know, I don't mind being a cougar, y'all. So <laughs> thanks for having me today. This is Breakfast of Champions. That's my time. Alpha 6, will you please play us out for the next 20 seconds? mute the whole time <laughs> hello hello thank you alpha six thank you laura i i'm obsessed with you laura you already know i mean what about me uh, applying for the basketball role is there an application form for that <laughs> does it have to be a man um <laughs> i love you guys welcome to breakfast with champions family matter it's what we're talking about today make sure you're following the little green house the millionaire breakfast club if you want to be part of the family um, and joining us every single morning at 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern. Um, and Sunday, of course, we have Darian um, for 111, and he is absolutely amazing. Make sure you ping some people in um, because we're going to go deep into a um, topic that we're kind of leaning into what Laura was saying Um so yesterday we had a class with David Spisak all about the law of success and adversity and defeat. So if you guys don't know um, what I do, I help entrepreneurs build their personal brands. But the personal brand is not about them. It's about the story, um, the impact that they can make. So we often talk about their adversity. What are the obstacles that they have overcome? Because that becomes their brand story framework that they're known for. Um, and so that really reminds me of how every single time I come on to Breakfast of Champions or Clubhouse in general, I hear a lot of obstacles, a lot of stories, which I admire everybody for because you realize like, oh my God, there's other people like me out there. There's so many people that go through so many things um, that are just hard to even listen, right? But what about, I, and I challenge everyone, what about instead of telling the story, what is the positive takeaway that you have learned from the story? What is the impact that you can help others with utilizing and leveraging your story? So now it's not about your story. It's about the impact 
that you make, right? And that's why I talk about building impactful personal brands, not just any personal brands where it's just about you. It's about the impact that you make. It's about the mission. It's about the message that you're leaving, the legacy that you're leaving, even when you're not here. And so what Laura is saying, going a little bit deeper. So when I work with people, there's five major um negative emotions that we always have to work through in order for you to overcome and let go of the baggage that's hold, holding you back. And so that's sadness, anger, guilt, fear, and hurt. So I'm, I, I encourage you if you're by your desk right now to write those emotions down and see what comes up for each of them. Um, and think about how how you've overcome the obstacles and adversity that you went through. Most important thing is how can you separate your emotions from the event? Because a lot of times when you can't um, separate the emotions from your event, you're still not healed yet. So that means you have healings to do, right? And if you can separate it, and take away the positive learning. So kind of write a T on the paper, write down what is the, the event that actually happened and separate the event um, on the left side, the actual, um, you know, step-by-step -step event, how it happened. And then the right side, what are the emotions that came from it? And then what are the positive learnings that you can take away from it? Because if you don't take away the positive learning from the event, you're just gonna be hit with the same event over and over again. It's like a learn, it's like a teacher, you know, you're, you know, the universe or God, whatever source you believe in, will keep hitting you back with the same things until you can take away the positive learnings. So what are the positive learnings that you've experienced from your trauma, from your life events that you can help others realize and learn from your experience? So I'll go first. Um, so if you don't know my story, I was lost, overwhelmed, anxious, depressed. And when I was 18, I moved to New York. And I don't just mean anxious as in like, oh, I feel a little anxiety. I mean anxious where it was it was hard to eat and sleep and it was, um, you know, really bad. It was to the point where I was like, I don't know if I can make it out today. And so, you know, especially dropping out of college and moving to New York to chase that, that lifestyle that I, I was lost as a kid. Have you ever felt like you, you know, you bought something just to impress others, but in on the inside, you don't even care about it. It's like, like buying a house with like, you know, two or four, or four bedroom and realize just how lonely you are in it, but you got it anyway, because it's the right thing. Or people say like, that's what you're supposed to be doing when you're 20 in your twenties or thirties, or you buy this gorgeous pair of shoes that everybody raves about. And it's the ugliest thing that, you know, that you'll never wear, but you, you bought it anyway, because you know for the Instagram. Um, and I realized I've been doing that my whole life. And it was, I wasn't depressed or anxious because I didn't have enough. It was because I was living for other people, for the approval and the validation of other people, but I wasn't validating the most important person on earth. And that is me. If I'm not living for me, who else is gonna live for me, right? So that's when I realized what I was going through, it all had a meaning behind it. And when you realize things are happening for you and over, over time, when you journal, like Laura was saying, um, you'll notice how everything kind of um, 
goes hand in hand with another. Every single time you go through an adversity, you're actually leveling up. You know, it's like Super Mario, I always say. It's like Super Mario, you level up and then you learn what's the next thing and then you keep leveling up as you go. But if you don't level up, you're always gonna be stuck with the same issue, the same situation over and over and over again. That's why you see people in toxic relationships because they're not learning from it. They're not moving on from it, right? So you don't wanna be stuck in that position, but you rather you want to learn, notice it and be objective about it. Learn from what, what are the positive takeaways? How can you now with your experience, apply it to the next situation? If this was to come up again, you don't want to keep going, coming, uh, running into the same tr trouble. You're never going to graduate. Right? So that's when I started reading and sort of, um, watching videos and on inner fulfillment. How can I fulfill myself on the inside and not have to live for other people's approval? And that's when I, you know, decided to, to make it my life mission to help other people find their platform, to spread their message, to find their higher self, to help other people through their brand. Um, and so I accumulated business psychology, clinical psychology, all of those um, combined to help other people. And that was my adversity that I have to have to go through myself just to realize what I am meant to do. So seeing it as an opportunity for you to succeed rather than a step back or a setback, it's it was a huge shift for me because without going over it and without um, my positive learnings, I wouldn't be here today. And I wouldn't be here telling you guys about this, helping other people with the career that I'm in. And so I love to know with all the, the, the stories that you guys tell all the time and a lot, you know, if you hang out here, you might know a, a lot of the stories that you hear. So if you are telling the same story, now I want you to shift the narrative. What are the positive learnings that you've taken away from that? And how have you applied that to make, make that your impact to help other people so that they don't make the same mistake, but rather they're learning from your experience. So flash your mic if you want to go. I love to hear, um, you know, especially if, if we've heard your story before, what are the positive takeaways that you can use to help other people? Um, Paulette, you want to go first? Awesome. I'll jump right in. This is Paulette speaking. Thanks, Jalissa. So one of the things that I have learned over, I would say this past year um, was that, so like it, a lot of people know my story and right before we started our business and our new book, I just was like, you know what, I'm going to tell the world, I don't care. And so I've had, you know, one of my transplants for over 10 years, the other one, ones have come along the way and I've never said anything. And one of my, um, the biggest takeaways is just like telling your story because you don't know who you can encourage or who you can help help with the words that are inside of you but if they don't come out of you then nobody will ever know and there's this idea and this perception a lot of times that people have of me I, I think in my family a lot too that Paulette has it all together I'm your go-to for any and everything call Paulette she'll help you she'll make it right and I think people forget that I sometimes go through my own struggle because I don't say anything right I just kind of handle it do what I got to do and then keep it pushing but a lot of this leader what I've learned is people actually want to support you and so it's okay to tell your story and it, does, it doesn't mean that you're looking for sympathy or you know any of those types of things it's being relatable and I think sometimes I was trying to be not 
I, I was, I was trying to be so perfect that it didn't come off as relatable. And now that I've been open about like postpartum depression and like the struggles of motherhood and like doing it scared, right? Like jumping into all these new ventures, people are like, oh, that's so cool. And so many more people reach out and say, hey, like, how did you do this? And how did you do that? And it's been so rewarding to just help people with the knowledge that I have. And I always use a disclaimer. I don't know everything, but I can try to find you the resources if I don't know. And it wouldn't happen if I didn't do it scared. And if I didn't tell my story, right? Like that story that's just inside of you. So my encouragement for anybody would be just like you just did for us is you laid out your story about, you know, anxiety and severe anxiety. And some of the things that we think this, this can never be that person, right? Like that's not true. Their life is so magnificent, so unique and so dynamic that they have a story that you could learn from. So that's my share. Thank you so much for having me speak, Paulette Dunn. That is awesome, Paulette. How did how does it feel now that you're helping other people with the with the same problem you've gone through? Yeah, you know what? Honestly, I feel free because I feel like I don't have to be perfect. You know, like this idea that my my house always had to be perfect and this always had to be, you know, a certain way. I'm a very linear thinker. And when I let go of it, honestly, I feel free. Like when my eyes are watering and I'm like, oh, my eyes are watering and I don't want to say why. Now I'm just like, oh man, here go the, you know, here goes my transplants or whatever the case is, right? Like what people know and they're like, oh, okay, do you need a Kleenex or whatever the case is? So I think it's freeing. And then even just from Clubhouse, I've had people DM me like, hey, what did you do in, you know, in this situation or how did you write your book or where can I go or, you know, like just different things. And it wouldn't happen if I didn't share my story. But also when you share your story, you know, you have to be open and willing to, to help other people along the way. And so that's, that's what I'm all about. Thanks for asking that follow-up question, Jalissa. I love it. I ask that because it takes so much courage for you to even tell your story, right? Because I'm sure like every single time I tell my story, it's not easy. It's, it's, it's hard. But then at the same time, it's empowering knowing that you've overcome something and now you're in the position to, um, to help other people. So it's like the vic, are you the victim mentality or like the victory mentality of, are you, are you staying in the past? Right. If you're telling your story, it's just the story itself. You're staying in the past. But if you are telling the story and then utilizing it for um, a positive cause, then you're actually uh, becoming, you know, the opposite of, of a victim. You're actually becoming more brave by helping other people overcome the same situation that that you were in. So I really appreciate you. Does anyone else? Um, want to take on this challenge to see uh, to talk about what was your positive takeaways from your story, Michael? Hey, Jaylissa, I just want to say thank you for bringing the topic up. So I'm going to tell you my twist on this because when you were speaking, I was just smiling. I'm at the gym working out, and um, I had Brian Hess on my podcast, and I start my podcast um, by telling, letting the person tell their story. And when we got finished, this is fun. This has been a common theme that people, by listening to other people's stories, it allows them to really be vulnerable and really share the truth in their story, right? And so uh, Brian, at the end, said, I've never told that story to anybody. And then this past weekend, he told it again on a stage of his mastermind that Glenn spoke at. And so I went back. I was on my way to church, and I had a friend in the car with us. Uh, a business partner from out of town, a coaching and mentoring business partner. And uh, we started to listen to that on the way to church. And uh, we were all kind of emotional in the car. And my friend said, wow, I really got to get out of my own way and start telling my story, how I'm the only overcomer in my family, and how, you know, my family doesn't, is threatened by me because I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And I, 
I realized that my message uh, was important enough to know that I my message is going to reach the people that God intended my message to reach, just like you when I listen to you speak. And I've watched how your story has evolved over since, I, I think, back in January when I first started listening to you. I think it's important that uh, we grow, like we listen, we implement wisdom and knowledge. The difference between those two is the action that we take by growing and learning and evolving and changing. Change is good. Not everybody's going to like it, but change is good. So thanks for the topic. I hope this inspired and helped somebody who's listening. It's such an encouraging topic. God has really been in every topic today. And uh, Davis, I thank you for who you are and the impact that you make in the world. Thank you, Michael. I absolutely love every time you speak and our, our time off offline as well. And I encourage everyone to connect with people that you resonate with um, on this app. And, and, and unfortunately, there's no way to actually go in deeper conversation. So I encourage you to connect with them in, in Instagram and actually talk to them because um, everyone, especially on stage that I have ever encounter with it, they're super friendly and they're really helpful. And just to get to know them a little bit deeper from, you know, the 20 seconds share that they have is very valuable in the connection that you make. So then you don't make this app passive, but rather more active for you and more, um, more fun. But um, like you're saying, the cool thing that you said also that I didn't even realize my story itself, not just about my journey, but my story itself is evolving too, right, Michael, like, it's um, in the beginning, I told a lot about, um, you know, what actually happened. But as I evolved, the more people I help utilizing my story, I became better at, you know, one storytelling about it, but two, um, how can I actually leverage it more? So 10% becomes my story, but 90% now it's more so how can I help other people with my story? Um, and the more people you help, the more, you know, you heal on your um, internally, but externally, you see the results of people that you're impacting. And that's even more powerful than the story itself. Um, so thank you so much for mentioning that. I really, really, really appreciate you. You're welcome. It becomes infectious too, Kayla. Say it becomes, oh. it becomes infectious because just listen to this. I've, I watch it in my family. Like somebody was talking earlier today about, you know, when they tell their story, they're afraid or they wrote their book and they're afraid to talk about, you know, like me living in an alcoholic father's home. Now my stepmom is asking me all these questions, but it's made a massive impact in my family. It's, it's separated out the people that God doesn't want in my life and has gravitated more people. It's radically changed my family. My mom had a traumatic brain injury. She started telling her story. She started talking to me about what she was struggling with. Now at 70 some years old, those things are reversing. My father has never eaten healthy. My wife led by example, started telling her story of 75 hard and what she did. And now we spent time with my family yesterday. Things that you do, people are watching. People are watching how you tell your story. People are watching what you do. They're watching how you react to rejection and encouragement. And so spend, like Jaylis has just said, I'll finish with this. Spend your time around people that lift you up, not ones that pull you down. Continue to tell your story. Continue to let your story impact people from a way of humility and transparency. So I love you and appreciate you so much. I love you, Michael. And I hope you guys are taking notes of what he said that was really important is be around those people who elevates you. If you want to overcome your adversity, if you're at the stage where you're not, you're still healing, elevating your group, elevating your environment, where you surround yourself, like Laura's saying, 
internally you want to change your mindset but externally you need to change your environment in order to um level up in all ways that in your in in your area because if your internal is good but you're staying with people that are negative you're always going to be in that zone right so you want to get out of that and be be disciplined too be disciplined with yourself so does anyone else want to share um the adversity and the positive learning who's that naida hi go for it hi greetings everyone as people are talking, it just reminded me that we overcome that that scripture that tells us we overcome by faith and the word of our testimony. Like we are asked to call to talk about it, share how you got through something, how you've triumphed right through your trial. So in, in all things like losing a job or losing a loved one, divorce, breakups, these are all things that we are supposed to talk about. And it may not be for everybody, but it's for someone. It's for someone because people need each other in this world. It's what I, it's the driving point that I've gotten in 2021 is that we need each other. We are here for each other and that we're supposed to share. So I just wanna thank everybody who has given a share. I've been DMing people. So if some of you see DMs from me, <laughs> it's just me sharing and trying to get you to share more. That's all, love and love and light. <laughs> this is Naida, I'm done speaking. Oh, I am just going to pull a Tim story. I love your voice. Um, <laughs> and I love the fact that you're DMing people. That's how you build those relationships that encourages other people. But like you're saying it, you know, when you share, you're also one, you're impacting other people. And two, you're also allowing people the space to do the same. Um, just like you. So be able to tell the story. And then 90% of it is how you can make an impact with your story. Um, so thank you so much. Naida, did you have a story you want to share yourself? I have many stories, but that's why it's, <laughs> it's hard me, for me to pick one. I'll start with, um, I'll start with my, I'm, I'm going to be vulnerable, but not emotional. So don't worry. Um, my very first corporate job, <clears throat> fresh out of college. Um, I, I knew that I did not want to teach in school anymore. I knew that was not my life. Um, God bless teachers. I, I see what it is you guys go through and I love you for it, but it wasn't for me. Anyway, um, I went into my first corporate job. It was super comfortable. I knew people who worked there. I had friends who had worked there. I was irresponsible, young and dumb with my job and managing my time and what it is I was supposed to do. And I got let go. And I fell into this deep depression without looking at the part that I played um, in what happened. So it was never about blaming other people. It was always about, well, what did I do wrong? And I just refused to go there. I refused to address that or admit to myself. I had to have been 22 at the time. And I slowly just started to accept, like it was a mistake. It's okay, like you are better than that and you're not that mistake. And that goes for any mistake that we make. We're not that mistake, we're not that trial. It doesn't identify you, it's supposed to build you. So best believe when I got to every other job, I was crossing all of my T's and dotting all of my I's. I never made some mistakes ever again. I was so arduent about how I did everything almost to the other side of, of that spectrum, which probably isn't that great either, but it's about finding my way and how I work. And I built the best work ethic I think I've ever seen in myself. 
Um, and this is coming from someone who was an athlete in school who knew how to wake up by herself, go to practice, be disciplined. You know what I'm saying? And I got to a place where I was comfortable and I just let that stuff go. And that's what I did. I just let it go. And so it's a call for me today in this day and time, 20 some odd years later to um, get get back in gear. You know, you've been at home all this time. It's time for you to get disciplined like you were again get back on schedule, get back on target, get back in the gym. You know what I mean? Get active again. It's just a call to, to me and possibly to someone else listening to me right now. So let's just get active, get back out there and get more disciplined and not make the same mistakes over and over again, because we will receive the same lessons until we pass the test. This is Naida. I'm done. Thank you for making me pull. <laughs> I <dug deep. laughs> I'm like, I'm not letting you get away with just encouraging other people um, without you telling your story. And it's an excuse to just hear your voice a little bit more. So that was a selfish oh, sweet. thing. Sweet. Thank you. Hey, you're welcome. I'm kidding. Um, thank you. Thank you. Who else wants to share? Yo. Yo Hi, Jay, listen, like the yes. I love to hear a guy's voice. And this is Tony Mo. So can I go after him? You can go, you can go, this is C-Rock, you can go before me. Ah, oh, what a gentleman, C-Rock. Thank you, I'm, uh, I'm gonna speak really quick, because I'm getting in the car, and then I get the red bar when I start driving, but, um, thank, um, I think it was Brenda that shared her story, and Jalissa, thank you for the encouragement, and Laura, thank you for bringing me up. Um, I have so many stories, um, to tell, um, but I'm glad you said, Jalissa, like you've learned how to leverage it and really gotten better at telling a story because the reason I don't tell it is if I told every story, we'd probably be on here for more than eight hours, but, um, <laughs> um, I've been through so much through, um, sexual abuse to mental abuse to, um, toxic relationships to narcissistic parents. Um, and not really realizing it until I've gotten older, um, to where I had to set boundaries for myself, uh, with not just my mom, but my father as well, who is now in my life. But, um, I just, to make it through everything and the positive, um, thing that I want to leave people with is that in every situation that I've gone through and circumstance, I know that at the end of the day, I was not without God. And that's why I know to look to Jesus Christ as my savior, because through everything I know that that's why I'm still here. So that's the positive message that I get out of it. And if there's anything that I could pass on to anybody, it would be that Jesus Christ is my savior. This is Tony Malone. I'm complete. Amen, Tony. Wow, that was beautiful. That was short, concise to the point and impactful. So thank you. I love that. I love that you're positive learning. And like you're saying, right, a lot of us have trauma that we've gone through. And if we were all to sit here and talk about every single drama, like it would take for freaking ever. Like I was laughing with, um, What's her name? Credit Ninja Leanne. Um, I'm, we always say like both of us are like cockroaches. We just don't die. But there's, um, I mean, as, as much as I laugh about that, literally, I've been in positions where I could have died four times in my life um, because of the obstacles that I went through. Um, and and it's like you you got to think about, I mean, I challenge everyone. Um, this is what I do with my, my clients as well. But um, to write down, you know, 12 bullet points of the 12 most 
I guess like your life peak points and obstacles. It could be good and bad, the things that you have uh, went through, and then uh, and and put a timer on it. With like whether it's ten minutes, I usually do ten minutes with my with my clients, just so that it really comes from their subconscious mind. It's not something that they need to dwell on. Um, and then within those, uh, write down four things beneath it. How what are the things that are like kind of like the subtopics of the things that you've gone through, and circle the ones that really ties in together. And the beautiful thing is one is reflection, right? And two is actually knowing how every event that you've gone through actually ties in with one another. They're just loose beads on a string that you don't really realize until you do the deep work, which nobody wants to do. Um, but once you do it, you really realize this actually comes into a nice little necklace. They're not just random events. And the cool thing is when you begin to see the world that way, going forward, you're actually more excited to come across any adversity because you're like, oh, I've got this. I've got this, these beats on the string. These are the beats that I've learned from it. And this is how I can actually apply it. And everything ties in together. Um, so when you're telling your story and we're thinking about like, oh my God, I've been through so many of them. I don't know which one to tell. The beauty of having your story framework is learning how your every one of your events actually ties into a bigger reason, a bigger story, a bigger mission of how you can impact other people. So thank you so much for sharing and bringing that up as well. Does anybody want to share? Um, I think Yo. it was Sea Rock that was. Yo, next, I got right? you. I got you. I got okay. you. Anybody else other than Sea Rock? I do, Laura. <laughs> I'm kidding. Sea Rock. I will. And Laura. And then Cassandra. I, I'm just. I, I'm just gonna turn that into rocket fuel, and you know, yes. sell from that. Uh, I love that. Thank you for that. Uh, hey, good morning, everyone, man. And Jay Lissa, uh, awesome job as always. And, you know, I, I think that for me, I can only speak for what happens to me and what I've observed. And I think a lot of times for myself, you know, I feel like I'm trying to jam a, a round peg in a square hole. And a lot of times I'm trying to figure out, like, why is this not working? And every single time, it's always because I'm not thinking big enough. I'm just trying to survive. I'm just trying to get by every single time. And when I shift my perspective to thriving and being great, all of a sudden, Things start to align. And, you know, I know what I want at the end of the day. I think we all pretty much, well, I guess we should know what we want. But the route to get there isn't always what we expect. And we need to understand that no matter what happens to us, it's always a learning lesson or fuel, one or the other. You know, and I talk about rocket fuel all the time. But at the end of the day, what I see is when things align the right way, things get a lot easier. People start to say yes over and over again. And then when you see this happen, it's, it's, it's miraculous. It's actually a thing where you're, you're like, wow, it can be this easy. So what I would encourage everyone today, share your story because it's going to impact someone. And you will, you will connect with people like you've never seen before. And then when you start to see the yeses and the things start to click and start to work, you know you're on the right track. And that's the way it's supposed to be. That's when you know you're on the right track. This is C-Rock. Thanks for the opportunity, Jalessa. It's like the sea rocket feel. Is that tacky? No, not really. As long okay. as you're saying it. <laughs> Maybe that's a, that's your next book. And you have a book, right? Sea Rock? Yeah, Rocket Fuel just came out about a month ago. And uh, you can get that at Amazon. Thank you for that. I yeah. think the next book, the next book is, uh, you know, I got a title, Inexorable. I talk about this word a lot. Inexorable. Look that up. I-N-E-X. O-R-A-B-L-E, inexorable. That's the way I live my life. I think everybody should. 
Are you gonna Are you gonna tell us what it means, or just the spelling of it? Well, I can go next and tell you. Yeah, go ahead, Laura, because I want people. I want <laughs> people you, to Laura. look it up. <laughs> go ahead, Laura. Go ahead. Laura's got your back. No worries. But... Jack came forward has increased its sales by over 136%. My name is Travis Flaherty. We have seen over 55% increase in sales. Jeremy Downing here. We finished our month off at not even a 20% increase, but a 30% increase. Hey guys, Jean Paul Gidry here. And I've experienced massive increases of. 156%, collectively 125%. My name is Kevin Strasnader. We went an increase of 50%. 50%, we went from 50 units to 75 units. We had a 39% growth in volume. This stuff works! I'm Glenn Lundy, creator of the 800% Club. The results that we've been getting out of the 800% Club are ridiculous. Everything that you just heard all happened in the first 90 days. So I wanna open this up, helping more dealers across the country. We're now enrolling for 800% Club members. So look, the time is now. It's time for you to protect your legacy. Head on over to 800EliteAutomotiveClub.com to learn more. I, I love that. Right? I mean, C-Rock, first of all, I met C-Rock before Clubhouse. Like, it's hard to remember before Clubhouse, but I met him on his podcast. IRL? been loving this dude forever um i looked it up to make sure i wouldn't tell a room full of hundreds of people the wrong thing in front of my computer and i'm really fast at typing because when i was in high school we still had typewriters in the classroom so that's why i'm a good typist um so inoxor uh, inexorable it means impossible to stop or prevent it's similarly it's similar to relentless unstoppable unavoidable or inevitable. So I love that word, C-Rock. Write that book um, with that title because if you got three months and then we're all gonna write a book with that title. So thanks for sharing. <laughs> <laughs> so Jaylissa, um, I love this topic. I love this question. For me, one thing for me is, um, first of all, you said, none of us wanna do the deep work. I wanna do the deep work because you know pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. And so you know, I've suffered a lot through doing the deep work and then I realized I didn't have to suffer. I could just kind of surrender a little more. So for me, you know, the, I'm going to make it 10% of my story and 90% of my triumph in the next like 35 seconds. Okay. So, um, uh, fiance was killed when I was 21. So now I have a basketball instead for a while. And then I suffered a lot from depression, probably starting at age eight. I don't know why, maybe food issues, just, you know, a tumultuous upbringing, lots of stress in my home, my household. And for me, what I really learned was that our joy and our happiness, I love that word joy, they come from a space so deep within us that no circumstance can change that. And circumstances don't have to define us. We literally can allow those circumstances to show up, embrace it and look at it as the gift, the lesson. And even with the hard things and with the hard things, as you guys know, so many of you know, unfortunately, with the hard things it takes forever to figure out the gift. Like it took me so long to figure out the gift of losing my fiance. And then I did figure it out and it's like, wow, I actually get to live this life. And I would have lived a very different life if he had lived and we had had that life. So I don't think me sharing my gifts was what was important. And so I get to share my gifts. I'm not saying that's why that happened, but I can look and find the small gift within the big tragedy. And I think that's really the key for us to be living our best lives and I also learned that I should give more and serve more. So that's my 35 seconds plus an extra minute. And thank you, Julissa. I'm Laura Wilde and I'm done.
I love you. I'm your biggest fan. Literally the basketball, the application, I'm not even kidding. When it opens, you let me know. <laughs> I'm your no, fan. I'm the biggest fan. Who said that? Darian, I'm her you biggest fight? fan, not hey, you. You want to fight? Let's take this outside then. <laughs> Ask Laura who her clubhouse boyfriend is. Laura. Look, Laura always boy. sells the basketball as the husband. Meanwhile, she's got like a million out there already. Don't so don't don't <laughs> fall for that. Don't fall for it. She's she's got a million application. It's the line out the door. So you got to get a line. I'm the I second. Got, Jay, listen, uh, I got a DM and a man said, "Wait, are you really a cougar?" And he was older. I was like, "No." So I was like, "Okay, it worked." Someone's listening. <laughs> See, I'm telling you, for entertainment only. It's, she's got a whole line of people for that basketball, so don't you even think about it. Um, but no, no, what you said, it's so true. And and um, I mean, this is kind of like the part of the story that I don't tell because it's like that doesn't make sense for my story framework. Um, but you know, uh, one one two things. One thing, what uh, C Rock was saying, your story is what people remember you for. A story sells, not information. So when you tell your story, um, it becomes really it's something that, that I, helps people identify you to uh, as well and remember you for something, right? And then um, with Laura, I love that you brought that up because I think like I. I was, you know, I, I was born into a pretty, a pretty well off family and my, my dad passed away. And when he passed away, I lost everything. Um, but if his, you know, if his death didn't happen, I can't imagine who I would be today. I would be a spoiled brat that hasn't accomplished anything in her life. Um, and I think because of his passing, it allowed me to be very independent. I had to grow up as a kid and allow me to understand responsibility because I took care of my mother and, and also responsibility for myself and being disciplined because I had to raise myself. Um, but if that didn't happen, um, you know, all these positive events that I actually end up learning in, in, a, in a, such a young age it wouldn't have happened right I wouldn't have to I wouldn't be able to carry on conversations with people that are way older than me um, be able to relate to so many people from all the things I've gone through so I think with every adversity seeing the 90% of the positive that comes along with it um, not just the storytelling or you know the, the stuff that you you help other people with but notice this the positive things that actually come out of um, something dark it's always the darkest before the dawn um, it's actually very, very exciting to see because if one thing did happen, then um, you know the the rest of the ninety percent wouldn't happen either. So thank you, thank you for that. Does anybody else? I think um, I have a really short term memory, so I know I called some people out, but I don't already don't remember. Uh, is coach, and then I want Daria. Daria is actually one of my clients, so I'm gonna push her to share her story as well. Um, so, coach, did you want to go? Yeah, I got a, I got a second. Um, so I Is was. Is there? No, I'm at work. <laughs> well, no, I didn't bring her to work today. But um, I, so I was on a on a podcast with Mark. Um, dang, when was it? It was last week. I think it was Friday, and he was in the room on I don't know if it was Thursday or Friday when I kind of told a little bit about um my struggles when I was kind of in that psychological isolation that Dr. Jane talked about. And he was saying, he was like, man, you tell so many stories. And every time we hear you tell a story, it's like you leave pieces out or you tell more of the story each time. And I'm like, well, yeah, because I don't have the time to tell everything at one time. 
And what I'm trying to do is extract the pieces, just like you're saying, Jalissa, extract the pieces that are helpful, right? Tell the story, then tell the triumph. And he said, we, we, we hear about, you know, all the struggles behind the scenes, but what we see right now is all the, the polished product. And I'm like, there's in no way, shape or form, no way, shape or form am I a polished product. I just talk about my triumphs when necessary. And I talk about my struggles when necessary. And even when I told that story about the kid I had to take care of who had the mental breakdown, during that time, I was still in that state where I was driving around, drinking and driving, literally drinking while driving with guns in my car, all this stuff. But yet, I'm at this university just like in my profile picture, taking care of people's kids, right? But what did I learn from that? Find the right coping mechanism and open up and be vulnerable. That's what I learned from that. I held things in way too long, but yet I'm teaching other kids not to hold things in, right? So sometimes we don't practice what we preach, but that doesn't mean we don't know what we preach. That doesn't mean what we're preaching isn't valid, right? I can tell you how to spend a dollar but that doesn't mean I know how to spend a dollar, right? So in my stories, I always try to extract what's the most valuable piece and what's the most relevant piece at that time. Because even, even with the deep, dark stuff that I've been through, and I will tell that, but I will also tell the triumph with it, just like you're saying, Jalissa. And there's a lot. There's a whole lot, like all of us. We got a whole lot to say. We got a whole lot. But can you serve it? Can you serve it in a way people can eat it and get the nutrients from it and not just sit there and stare at it and then they biting off more than they can chew? You got to give people serving sizes, bite sizes, so they can benefit from what you're giving them. That's all I got. Mm. He's like, that's all I got. And when while there's gems everywhere, I'm still trying to pick it up from the ground. Um, but thank you. Thank you, coach. I think that's what makes, you know, your story every time you speak is so attractive. Maybe it's just me. Um, but it's it's very something that you want to listen into because it's like, do you do you want your story to be to be junk food or is it whole foods? <laughs> oh, okay, never mind. Um, but oh, it's that's the perfect way to say it. I love that. No. <laughs> That's a perfect way to say I it. <laughs> I can yeah, be alone and have a whole segment and just laugh my ass. Right? But it depends it depends how you're serving it, right? If you only serve the horror, then it's junk food. But if you serve the triumph with it, now it's whole food. So Exactly. Yeah, that, that hey, that was a good phrase. Right? I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad you're proud of me. Um because like you're saying, once once you turn your junk food to whole foods, it becomes really attractive and people want to hear it. Because you want to be that person where people just roll their eyes as soon as you start talking because they already know they're about to have some junk food and they're going to feel like crap after. Or do you want to be whole foods where you start talking and it's like nutrient that fuels their body and they know every single time you speak and you want that association. You don't want that association when people feel like, you know, every single time they, they hear you speak afterward, it feels like they just had a whole bag of junk food or after they hear you speak it's like oh i'm ready to go i i want to you know i'm ready to to inhale this nutrients like what sea rock saying the the rocket fuel and i'm ready to go so that's the beauty of of it's the same story but told differently the power of it is so different so thank you coach every single time you speak i love listening um 
So thank you. And also he has a famous dog. So you definitely want to check that out too. Um, and Daria, are you, are you ready girlfriend? I am. Hello, Jalisa. <laughs> Yay, How I'm so doing? proud of you. Oh my goodness. I'm so, so happy that I have this possibility, this program with Jalisa right now. We are doing personal branding. And I don't know if you've ever done it before or if ever experienced it, uh, but I did have some of the problems with it. And I did not know what I was standing for, what is my purpose, like what is my why. And Jalisa has such a, such a magic magical skill where she, where she sees you as a person she makes you feel empowered and i don't know why but for some reason i have so much clarity in what i'm standing for what i can take people to and just i don't know i can't explain enough how happy i am that we are doing it right now i just feel power to get up every morning early and being there and uh, helping people out so yeah thank you so much elisa uh, so, so what's your like story? <laughs> yes, one <laughs> moment. Uh, so yeah, uh, by the way, it's something that we are also working on with JVC right now, and um, we are currently working on the story as well. So I want to tell how it all was working. Uh, my story is quite short. Uh, it's it's one year that has been life changing. So I, I started as a insecure girl. I'm 24 by the way right now. I had no income, I was just graduated, I was freelancing there and sometimes I had income, sometimes I didn't. I depended on people um, a lot and I could not make an income, like nothing. I I was in the surrounding where I didn't want to be and the apartment I was living in, oh my goodness, I just really don't want to describe that, but it was not, not good. Um, I remember how I tried to find a job and I was rejected everywhere. And even my skill was all right, but it was such a depressing time for me because I felt um, like you are you you can bring the your your power in, into this world and you can do anything. Um, and it was really not that. Um, yeah, it was it was a hard time. So I tried to find balance, and I did it through design. So through my skill, I spent hours polishing my skills and teaching myself, transforming what I felt into the graphics, into the visuals. And at the end, this is what brought me where I am today. I just found out what I was good at because I'm somebody who is quite emotional. And I just taught myself how to use that emotional power of connection to, to feelings and how to bring it into visuals that can influence other people. So yes, and one day I just realized that I have nothing to lose and everything was better than living where I was living back then. So I decided to try door-to-door -door sales to learn self-confidence and pitching and talking to other people and just seeing what the reaction can be and also learning to, to be rejecting, to be rejected again uh, and um, being all right with that. So. This was also the time when I started taking my first design project because everyone in this company had to be self-employed and they all needed like a logo or branding. So that is where I found my first clients. And when the time came when I had more and more clients, I was able to quit this job. I will never do it again, but it was such a great experience just to learn talking and failing. And my story is about empowerment. I want to empower everyone in this room to take those life-changing decisions don't be scared try different things out and if one doesn't work 
experiment. I learned trying things out and even if you fail, that is all right, that is okay. But it's not okay to stop failing. So that was my story. Thank you so much for, for being here. Thank you. Can everyone give her a mic flash because she's always been so nervous about speaking and how great is she as public speaking? Like I see Woo! nothing, right? Amazing. Amazing. Let's go. It's like, these are like the insecurities that we have and other people are like, wow, when you speak, I'm like, I can hear everything clear, loud and clear and your message, even more importantly, loud and clear. And that's the part about, um, so I, I do personal branding, but I'm a strategist. So I do a strategy, uh, the, the storytelling part and kind of what she was saying. Um, I take your story and and kind of bring it back to you and how you can tell a story where it's impactful. And that's what we did with uh, Daria was that she had a string of, you know, just beads kind of laying out, laying, laying everywhere. And then we string it in all together so that she can make it into an impactful uh, um, brand. And then she's actually my designer <laughs> that I work with as well. So she does the design. So there's um, components to uh, personal branding. It's not just about your logo or aesthetics. It's really about your story and then your design it's like what she's saying it's emotional part that reflects your whole story and what you stand for and what do you represent and once you find that purpose you'll realize the jobs and the, all the all the obstacles you've gone through it ties into a bigger mission you're not here just as a father or as a son or as a teacher or as a coach or as a CEO, whatever, you're beyond that. You're here to serve a message. You're you're a messenger to a larger collective, to a bigger mission. And everything you do is just a tool to get you there. It's a vehicle to get you to the destination of what you're trying to help other people with. And once you find that mission, um, you get excited waking up every single day with a purpose. Um, like Glenn that comes on every single day with a purpose, his purpose is to help other people to realize that they're not alone and to, to make them feel like they're part of something even bigger, to make them feel motivated, educated, inspired. And so what is that purpose for you? What is that vision for you beyond just your titles? You're beyond that. You're beyond anything that other people say that you are. You have a mission that you're here for. So what is that? Identify that and live that embody that every single day and find the purpose and ask yourself what you're doing today is it aligned with your bigger mission because if not make the little changes whether it's internal or external because you want to live a life where it's congruent where, where it's aligned and that's when people experience depression or anxiety it's because your expectation your reality is so far from each other that there's an incongruency and you're dealing with um you know the incongruency of feeling that you're you're not you're not living the life that you truly believe in. So I really encourage everyone to see the bigger picture, to zoom out from what you're currently doing and see what is the bigger message that you're meant to do. So thank you, Daria. And I'm so proud of you for sharing. And you you inspire me every single day. Like Coach is saying, uh, sometimes I'm really good at coaching other people. But like when it comes to me sharing, I definitely have to get better with that and showing up on stories even more. So I appreciate you, Daria. And hey, Jay, Lissa, can I talk yeah. to Daria real quick? This is Lolita before the next yes, person shares absolutely. their story. Okay, cool. Daria, that was such a great share. I'm glad you've been working with Jay, Lissa to really kind of pour out and, and pull out the greatness that's inside of you and then tell that story for others. One of the things that I heard you say, um, you said it pretty quickly, but what I tapped into was that you paused and you took a look at your situation, but you also leveraged your strengths. 
And you said, I, I, I figured out what I was good at, right? And that is so good. It also ties into what um, the previous, uh, what Alpha 6 um, was talking about this morning with Laura is, you know, that pause and taking time to really ground in on what it is you're good at. That was so good. You were good at your emotions and now ha always showing your emotions. So what you were feeling inside, how did you now leverage that into good? into helping you move forward. And that there is where the magic is. And you took that and you ran with it. And that strength right there, that emotion that you're using, that emotion is now helping you flow into the best side of you. And that is what came out for me um, in your story. And I think that that's amazing. So hopefully people can take from this as well. It's self-reflection, right? When you're at your lowest or even when you're at your highest, like take a moment to pause, to breathe, and to really assess what is it that you're good at. And sometimes if you don't know, cause we get, we get some times where we might not believe it, then ask someone else and believe it and use that to help propel you. So good, Daria, thank you. This is Lolita with a T. Lolita with a T. I like what you're doing. Um, maybe we'll switch over to that for the last 10 minutes of my segment. It's just what have you taken away from Daria or anybody else's story that you've heard? Because I think the cool thing is, even though her message right, is to empower people, there's always um, something that you pick up on and the things that you pick up on are the things that you've either worked through or you're working through right now. So it's kind of interesting to hear um, the same story, but what people actually pick up on. And um, what I picked up on in Daria's story is that um, the it's not how many times you've fallen, but like how many times are, um, can you get back up? because we fall all the time. Are you gonna stay on the ground or are you gonna get back up and do something about it, right? And so, um, and that's what my story as well. It's like, and, and with everybody's story, not just with mine, but how many times have we fallen? But, but how many times did we actually get back up and say, we're gonna actually do, we're gonna do better. And that's the most empowering part of uh, the things that you've gone through. It's not like the, the, the actual process or the event or the time after you failed, but the time you decided that you've had enough being a victim and you're gonna actually get back up. And that's something I saw in Daria and her story is how many times she didn't take no for an answer and she actually um, just kept going and kept pivoting. And that's a big thing too. If this is not working, pivot to something that actually works for you. If the sales thing is not working, but you know that you're something, there's something else that you're excel, you're really good at. How can you integrate that? Um, I had a podcast with Billy Jean and that's one of his big word is integration. Um, instead of picking one or another, um, you know, instead of picking sales or, or, or trying, trying to do something super artistic, she combined both of it and was able to sell her design. Um, and same thing with Billy Jean, instead of picking, you know, um, one thing or another, I think the example he gave was like his, uh, his daughter or his free time. He actually integrated um, where he actually taught his daughter how to play video games so that they can hang out together. So that was pretty cool, that, um, the, the pivoting and the integration part. So I love to hear from all the stories that you've heard today, um, what is your takeaway? How did, have they impacted you? Hey, Jaylissa, can I join in? It's Phil down here. Phil on the beach. On the beach. Hi, Phil. Yeah, it's night time. always awake. Do you I never, ever. Yeah, I, well, it's, what time is it now? It's kind of eight o'clock. I never get to speak to you guys at night time. It's, um, I'm normally the early guy. I was just listening and that was, that was, I loved, I loved, um, it's Dario, isn't it? I love the way you went and did some door-to-door -door sales. I think everybody at some point 
should have to go out and do some kind of cold calling or door-to-door sales because ultimately you know we have to get our package together we have to get our story together who are we what do we do then we've got to go and hustle and grind we've got to let people know about it if we were the greatest preacher in the world and we stayed behind the parapet and didn't stick our head up nobody would ever know we have to go out and let people know i i was watching i have a my um my brother-in-law and his wife they have a little baby and i was watching a video from them in the uk and this little baby kennedy she's learning to walk and everybody's laughing she stood there and she's falling over and everybody's laughing at her and i sat and watched i thought you know this this idea we have in our head that i've got to learn to fail and be happy failing i think it's a skill that we have we're born with when i watch a baby fall over everybody laughs the baby doesn't sit there and feel shame. The baby doesn't sit there and curl up in a ball. The baby just stands up and has another go. And it doesn't stop. I walked brilliantly today, so I must have done that. I can put one foot in front of the other without thinking about it. And I think this is a skill that we have to work out. Why did we forget it? Why did we suddenly feel that other people's opinions matter that much that we won't continue striving to do what we're meant to do to fulfill our purpose? Sure, we have to find our purpose. That's an important thing. I've had somebody recently, Forbes has helped me recently find what my message, what I'm doing. And I know that's been a fantastic exercise. But if I keep that to myself, if I don't get out there and hustle and grind and, and don't listen, don't listen to the naysayers. Don't listen to the first time I, I do my pitch to somebody and it fails. I just got to keep on doing it. And that's I'm so grateful to have heard that story today that you went out and did direct selling on a door. It's brilliant because you realize rejection is just it's just something that happens every day to us in life. I'm so grateful to be here. Thanks, Jaylissa. Thank you, Phil. You always inspire me. Not I mean, you and then the beach as well. But yeah, I love your takeaway because I think what you're really good at is listening. Um, every single time you're in a room, you 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 listen more than you talk. But every time you talk, it's always a reflection of what you've learned. So um, that shows you the power of other people's story and what you can take away from from it. So thank you, Phil. AJ um, Lista. Yeah. Hi. Who's this? It's Cassandra. Don't Hi, Cassandra. Hello. Good morning. Good morning, everybody, family, and breakfast with champions. So, Jaylissa, first and foremost, I just want to say you are absolutely magnetic this morning. I have so enjoyed listening to you um, just, just so fluently bring others into the conversation. And, you know, something I'm reflecting on as I listen to everybody is is actually a reflection of when I first got on this app. And I think for a lot of us, we could say it, it literally has changed our life and the power of conversation and the power of voice. And when I started to hop into these different ADHD rooms, it really came back to something that I struggled with for so many years in my life. And when I learned that four times more adults are being diagnosed today than children, you know, there's more to the story than just a label. It's about how we are constantly overwhelmed with our executive function and the comorbidities are anxiety and depression. And so it allowed me to step into my story, but it also allowed me to see my strengths, the four different businesses I've started, the way I've been able to 
take care of myself financially, the way I've been able to hyper focus on just the things I love, which is really truly a gift to me. Hey champions, guess what? The Breakfast with Champions podcast airs live every single day, 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. only on the Clubhouse app. So make sure to download Clubhouse and go check out Breakfast with Champions. You're not going to regret it. See you there. But it also comes with consequences if unmanaged. And my point to the story and what you're asking is not only to continue to listen to others and then also allow it to embolden me to step more into my story, but if I had not stepped it into some of those rooms and listened with my entire soul I would have just dismissed it. Whereas now I have changed my entire business and coaching business into helping women with undiagnosed or diagnosed ADHD with an entirely different approach than just timers and planners and things that our minds do not want to do. So I just wanted to share that. And something else that you had said, Jayla said, that I really, really wanted to bring a highlighter to is is the power of our story and are we in our story or are we sharing our story and before we can share our story with that visceral voice that feels empowered we have to tell it enough times that starts to dislodge the visceral emotion that it makes us feel as though we're a defect and let me tell you, just like, you know, a business has probably done b- before, stories in some way, shape, or form are similar. And so, you know, just taking it back to tell your story, get on stage, and if you're not overcome it yet, just share it so that you can dislodge that emotion that makes you feel like a defect so that you can be a gift to someone else and then become the victor that stands on top of your story and continues to build upon it. So I just want to share a couple of those things and just give you flowers, girl, because you're doing a, a great job this morning. This is Cassandra, and I am whole. Oh, thank you, Cassandra. I appreciate that. I like what you said, the highlighter. I might might steal that. I'm going to put a highlighter on what you said. Um, That was very visual for me. But no, I think it's, it's, I mean, your story is really powerful. You're able to start, what, did you say four businesses? Oh, God, girl. If I could count all the businesses I've started, those are just like, actually. Four businesses, not including the side gigs. Got it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, the side hustles on top of the four other gigs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that is so powerful. I mean, like for for my, when I, after I had gone through anxiety and depression, it's like I was like on a freaking mission to help other people for, to find inner uh, fulfillment of like, you know, anything that I can get my hands on. Because once you feel that, that pain, that if you can turn that into your, your passion, um, it's, it becomes really powerful in the things that you can create because you don't see um, a stop because you, you there's a bigger mission that you're here to accomplish. So I, I love, love what you said. Um, and that empowers other people too. Like you just tell your story and you don't want to be known. Um, this is something Joy said. You don't want to be known for your pain. You want to be known for your strength. Right. So, so when you're, and you don't want to be in pain all the time anyway, like who, who wants to be in pain all the time? You want to be in, empowered. So that's the same thing that you want to be known for. If we know you for your story of how depressing you are, how often do you think people want to be around that? But versus you 
you know, knowing your story and knowing how you're telling it and how you've empowered other people, now you're known for your strength. So how do you want to be perceived, your pain or your strength? And how do you want to tell your story? Is it junk food or whole foods? And so I really encourage everyone to take away a couple things from this um, hour, from the, my segment, is um, obviously everything that people talk about, what are their takeaways, right? But most importantly is zoom out from what you're doing, who you are, um, to find your why. Because once you find your why, the how becomes easy. Um, and just notice what is the bigger mission you're here to accomplish in on this planet in your lifetime? What is the bigger picture here that ties into everything that you do with the little beats that you have? How can you put it on a string so it makes sense, so that you're proud of wearing it, so it's no longer little beads that, that's laying around, but actually a string that you're you're proud of wearing to, sh to show other people what you've accomplished and how you can help other people? And the other thing is practice your storytelling. What is the 10% of your story? What is the 90% of the triumph that you can help people with. Um, so know your why and know how to tell your story so it empowers other people. So thank you so much for hanging out with me for the past hour. I'm Jay Lissa and I'm here um, on Monday, 6 a.m. Pacific time. I think that's 9 a.m. Eastern. Um, so thank you guys for hanging out. You, you guys are here at Breakfast Champion, the Millionaire Breakfast Club. Follow the little greenhouse that um, Glenn has started. We all have built as a family and ping some people in by tapping the little plus sign and some faces that you know will live this conversation as well. And make sure you connect with everybody here, um, the people that Jane you Lister. have heard as well and the people that um, you maybe you haven't heard but you want to get to know. Does someone say my name? Jay Lissa, this is George Williams. Hey, I just uh -oh, wanted to say George. hello. <laughs> I love you. George. No, listen, I want you, I want you to hear me. You I heard you speak, I'm gonna say like six weeks ago about the story. And my story goes back like eleven years. I'm not gonna tell it right now, but I have to tell you, I mean, you have really touched me in a way that made me reflect back to that story and and why I'm doing what I do today. Um you, you have been one of the most impactful speakers that I have heard the entire time I've been on Clubhouse. So I just want to, as they say, give you your flowers. You're, you're phenomenal, and I appreciate what you're doing. This is George. Oh, I love you, George. Thank you so much. I know you and I joke around all the time, but I appreciate you always supporting me in all the rooms that I'm in. And um, yeah, hearing that means a lot, especially there's so many great speakers on here and speaking, public speaking is like my biggest fear. So I'm forcing myself to do it and I'm grateful for Glenn to give me this um, opportunity to be able well, to share my voice. There's a lot of substance, a lot of substance to it, Jayla. So that's the beauty of it. Thanks again. This is George. Thank you. Um, I believe... Hi, Jaylisa. Jaylisa. Hi, hi, hi. This uh, is Martin. Yes. After you, I think Barbara's next. Um, go for it. Okay. I just wanted to, um, I guess, um, say thank you for having this segment. I'm not always faithful um, with um, being there on your in your segment, um, but whenever I do listen, it's you're such an inspiration. Um, but I do have a quick question. Um, I feel like my story. I have more than one and I would like to share my story, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know where to start. I have my, my military career. 
story. I have my journey with um, starting my business story. And I also have my, um, me not having my mother, not getting to meet my mother un- until I was in my 20s story, which has played a major part on um, my struggle with low self-esteem. So I wanna I know it's like I'm all over the place, but I wanna I wanna know um if it's okay to combine or how how do I share my story but still um and I don't I didn't mention my struggle with depression also. <laughs> so. Yeah. Like like you, there's so many um there's so like I mean, like it's it's part of life, right? Like when we say our story, we got to realize like it's part of life. That's just what it is. We have to go through so many things. If your life is easy breezy, it's like what is happening? Are you in like a video game? Um but that's part of life. But the cool thing is, like I was saying, you know, if you have a lot of stories and you want to string them all together, think about the bigger vision. What is that? What is your mission? What is your purpose? What are you here to help other people with? Um, and the way to find that, because it's like really scary to things to do, uh, to, to ask and I actually ask that on my first day. It really scares people away. I love it. Um, but I, um, you know, you ask it in order to answer that question, write down all the stuff that you've gone through in a bullet point and circle all the things that make sense into how that happens for you um all the things that tie in together because it's like these random little beats that ties in together that like I was saying earlier that all makes sense and you realize life is happening for you not against you not to you um so there are a lot of stories that you've you mentioned that actually ties in together and I love to if you need more help with that you know please just feel free to dm me and I love to to help you identify what your story is and how to tell it in a in a empowering way and so that becomes your part of your brand story framework that you are remembered for so uh, feel free to to slide in my dms and I love to help you with that thank you so much I appreciate that in advance of course, we have um, Alexander next. Hi, is that Anita? Hi, Your voice is like a big old hug. I see Anita. Thank you so much for your segment. Good morning to everybody in the room, all of my favorite nieces and nephews. Uh, thank you for this because while I was just in here in the kitchen cooking breakfast and you said knowing your why, and I said, yeah, if you know your why, you'll know your what, when, and there, and where. What you're supposed to be doing, when you're supposed to be doing it, and where you're supposed to be doing it. All right, my key, that's good. I wrote it down. So thank you, Jalisa. Jalisa, because if you know your why, you'll know your what, when, and where. I love you all. This is the Clubhouse Auntie, and I'm done speaking. Thank you so much. Who's your favorite niece? Jaylissa. Thank you. Thank you. I was <laughs> gonna Treva. drop you if you if you said someone else. No, 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 just Jaylissa. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Everyone's her favorite. It's like doesn't doesn't her voice just sounds like a big old hug? It's like a big old warm hug. But um, I love you. We love you. Um, it's like what Phil Phil had it in, on his photo, but I don't think he has it anymore. But he has a know your why. Well, it doesn't say that, but it's know your why, but f the how, um, because the how will fall into place once you know your why. Just don't worry about it. That's how manifestation works too. The how is not up to us. So, 
Thank you, thank you. Um, Alpha, did you want to go for it? Hey, Jameis, uh, that was an awesome segment. I'll hop in here for Alexander for a while, and I figured we could just rock it out together. All of us good champions here on the stage. So if you're just joining us, welcome to Breakfast with Champions, the millionaire breakfast table. We just had Jay Lissa do a whole segment on for the whole hour. She brought a lot of people into the conversation. We're going to keep that same vibe going. So I was listening to a bunch of records on uh, Friday night. We were playing, you know, one after the next. I got my little guy walking in and out trying to talk to me at the same time. So excuse me if I seem a little bit distracted. It's his last day of school. He's graduating from kindergarten, dual immersion. Imagine that, right? Your first year in school, and it's all on the iPad. A lot of parents dealt with that this year, uh, navigating the world as it was in 2020. Kind of leaked into 2021, but we are back, right? So I want to play one of these records real quick. And it is a classic. Who remembers this one right here? Zap, Roger. So I don't know where you were when you heard that song, but we used to do this thing called roller skate. Who I don't know. Let's just try something right quick. Flash your mics if you were one of those people at the roller skating rink on Saturday night, dressed all nice. Couldn't wait to show your new moves off with your friends. I see you flashing. So what I want to talk about is kind of what we did on, you hear Roger still going back there in the background. This is what we did on Friday night. We just played records together. A bunch of people in a room, in Monica Floyd's room. And we thought about that. Like, when's the last time you sat in a room with your friends and just played records? Or just had like a house party or a cookout. When's the last time you just live life in the ordinary but the most extraordinary ways? Because when we tell the stories of our life, we don't tell, you know, it's not always I achieved this and I achieved that. And I made this many million dollars. Hey, hey, yeah. That's cool. And that's great. But the things you're going to talk about, the things you're going to remember, the life that's going to make life life. Is that Zap and Roger? So music has played a huge role in my life, but a friend of mine, Coach K, she brought about a subject. She said, "You know, the mental health of a lot of people, music helps. When you have seventy-five hard, you're running. Do you run and listen to nothing, or do you listen to music? When you're in the gym and you're tired and you want to quit, I mean, literally, do you have a song that you go to and it just brings you back up every time?" When it's time for you to speak and your nerves start getting the best of you. Oh, I see Alexander's here. All right, my man, I'm going to pass it to you in a second. Um, yeah, finish up, finish up. Take your time. No doubt about it. You know, I was just thinking to myself, like, music has played such a role in my life that I dedicated 20 years to learning the actual version of it. Went to Berkeley College of Music, learned a whole gang of stuff that I didn't never think I needed to. I've done everything from produce records, write records, been the artist, the engineer, helped produce audios for people like John Asaraf. And 
yet just on a Friday night, just going from record to record, everyone's like, whoa, I haven't heard that in so long. And it took them back to so many places. So I just want to ask a couple people before I pass you, Alexander, what's been the song that's your time capsule that just takes you back to a place? And what is it about that record that just makes you feel alive? So who would like to go first? I saw some flashes in there. Dr. Rowe. Mine would be the album that came out with Prince for Adore. And it just takes me back to my childhood in 83, um, listening to that music then and now. With that, I hand the mic back to you. What song was it? Adore by Prince. Oh, yeah. You know, Prince, you can't lose with Prince. Prince is always going to be forever and ever Prince. What about you, Vanita? Uh, for me now, I'm going to take it back. I was a kid. I was a toddler, and my first was really uh, Whitney Houston, the greatest love of all. And I was singing at the top of my lungs, all off-key as a three-year-old with my headset on in my parents' living room. But that was that was my inspiration. That's what got me started at that age. Vernita, that's okay. I love that song. So, Bernita, what was it about this record that made you remember it so well? You know what? Thank you for asking, Alpha 6. I think, you know, I, I mentioned my me being just as young as three years old. It's the first song that I can really remember being an affirmation for myself as, like, a little black girl in America. It was a affirmation. And I listened to it over and over and over again. Um, and of course, it spoke to to children, which I was a child at the time. But that's the first music that I can remember looking back on and feeling like I'm important. I am somebody. I have value, um, even as 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 young as three, and that it made an impact on me. Renita does speaking. Yes, I I love that song, and and she had so many lyrics in there to live by, like. I decided long ago never to walk in anyone's, in anyone's shadow. shadow. Come on. If I fail, if I succeed, and I know what I believe in. <laughs> exactly. And least I believe is I believe. Exactly. Right? No matter what no matter you take from me, you can't yeah. take away my dignity. Come on. Because the greatest... Love. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. But there's this one record by Michael Jackson, and you know what it is. You know what it is. In your heart and your soul, you know what it is. And I'm going to play a little bit of that because it reminds me of you, Alexander, too. It reminds me of all of us if we really take the time. So I'm going to go ahead and play it. The mirror. Feel real 
I don't know if I ever heard that record, including right now, without tearing up. What a beautiful reminder. Because it's impossible to change the world. It's impossible. But you can change you. And you can start with the person in the mirror. And then that leads to the little ones watching you. That leads to your family. That leads to your community. That leads to your city, to your state, your country, and then the world. But if every last one of us take a hard look in that mirror and realize you're not broken, you're not broken. You don't have something wrong with you. Things happen. They did happen. We acknowledge them. And for even the hardest of the hardest of the hardest moments, we say thank you. Because we would not be who we are today without it. So I appreciate you all rocking with me for this last 15 minutes or so. Hey, Alexander, I see you down there. Go ahead with it. Love Let's you, Alpha. Yes, sir. Good morning, Breakfast of Champions and Alpha. Thank you so much, my brother, for stepping and standing in the gap in my tardiness. I apologize. I am still traveling with my family in an RV. Y'all, I don't even know what day of the week it is, but it's Monday and it is 8 a.m. where I am or 8.18 where I'm at. And so this Eastern Standard Time dude got my time zones mixed up, but we are here ready in Alpha. You, you don't even know this dude. But that, if you had to ask me, well, if you did just ask all of us that question, Man in the Mirror is a song I would have chosen. And in fact, if you read my bio, so interesting that that is the song that you said makes you think of me. Because I literally have, I used to be the man who wouldn't look in the mirror. Now I can't stop looking. Not only because I'm proud of what I see, but because I'm always reflecting on how I can be an even better version of me. And that is literally my truth. And so, Alpha, you hit the nail on the head. I remember being young, a young man loving that song, looking at the man in the mirror, and not necessarily always loving what I saw. But as I've learned and grown and really, truly learned to love myself first, and in turn, allow my cup to overflow so that I can fill other people's cups from my saucer and not from my cup, I learned that that self-love is absolutely important so that I, when I look at the man in the mirror, I'm proud of the man that I see. And so that I can teach my son that when he looks in the man in the mirror, he can be proud of the man he sees. And that goes also uh, the man, you know, women in the mirror, et cetera. It's for anyone. When you look in the mirror, are you proud of what you see? Are you proud of what you're becoming? Or do you look in the mirror and maybe think that you're stagnant? 
or you haven't really gone where you want to be, or gosh, I'm XYZ age, and yet I haven't accomplished ABC. When the reality of the matter is, is that every single day that we are alive, every single morning that we have take breath into our lungs is a miracle. It took over, and uh, you know, not to get a little bit crazy with this, really, really, it's so, such a crazy statistic. Over 300 million sperm fought to connect with that one egg. And only that one sperm could connect with that egg to make who you are. So if you understand that you have higher chances now today of being struck by lightning multiple times than for you actually to be created, you could understand the power of why having that self-love and truly looking in the mirror and loving what you see is important. But this is the key. Are you keeping promises to yourself? Are you waking up and doing the things that you set out to do every single day? Because one of the greatest things that I ever learned is that confidence comes from keeping all the promises that we make to ourselves. If you say you're going to get up and work out, are you doing it? You mentioned 75 hard. Are you going to do 75 hard and actually accomplish every single I'm not sure what happened there. <laughs> can you guys hear me? Yeah, we got yes. you. Yeah, we hear you. Okay, we okay, can okay. now. We got you. I was like, what just happened? Uh, so, so, so anyways, I just, I love that you chose that song. I love that you ended with that song because you guys know I'm all about self-love and really increasing the vibrations of love through this platform because it is, let's make love go viral. If you feel loved when you're on here and you leave and you go into store and that love just keeps reflecting off of you and then you make the cashier feel loved and then she makes the next customer feel loved. I, I, I say this often, but that's how it works. It goes viral. I want to always leave a legacy that not just matters when I'm no longer here on this earth, but when I'm no longer here in the room. Is the legacy you leave when you leave the room one that people say, gosh, Every time I'm around Alpha, I learn something. Every time I'm around Tamara, she makes me feel like I can accomplish anything. Vernita, Clubhouse's favorite hot sauce, always inspires me to do more. Does that make sense, guys? So the legacy that we leave isn't just one of when we've passed and gone on to see our Heavenly Father, but it's also the legacies that we're leaving when we leave the presence of people. What's that legacy like? So I'd love to ask a question to kind of popcorn around to the moderators. What's, can we name someone that left a legacy that's still living, a living legacy, and what they did to kind of leave that legacy? And I'll start us off because I got to say this um, in a room that I was, I was hosting last night. You know, and, and he's not in here right now, so that's even better. I love to give people flowers when they're not present because that is the legacy that he leaves. And that's Mr. Glenn Lundy. You know, we always say that mentors are people that have kind of gone where you want to go. Maybe they're a couple steps ahead of you, and so that there's someone that you could follow. And Glenn Lundy, now I have zero desire to do anything in the automobile industry, zero desire. However, I deem him one of my mentors. Why? Because of the way he makes people feel, because of the things that he accomplishes, because his ability to build community, because his ability to wake up every single day download something from God, and share it to the world. That is why, in my opinion, Glenn Lundy is a hero and also one of my absolute mentors. So I'd love to know people that you've come in contact with 
and I want to be very specific with this, that are part of Breakfast with Champions, part of Clubhouse, that have left a living legacy that when you leave their presence on this platform, you feel better. So if you are here on stage, flash your mic at me, and we're just going to go popcorning around, giving flowers to people that we've come across in this platform. So I... I see Yeshem. I see Shanti. All right, Yeshem, go ahead, my friend. <laughs> Hi, Alex. Hi, everyone. I'm going to name three people, and Alex, you are absolutely one of them. So I'm going to name Alexander Yu, Marcus Black, and uh, Myron Golden. Those three people, when they speak, they, they fill me up. They are they think of you and they really like they they go out of their way they to inspire others to motivate others and yeah just i mean it doesn't have to be me but when i see them motivate and inspire others and give them the strength it, it just fills up my heart and my favorite memory with you alex is how when we were talking in the social media show, one guy came up and um, he said first, uh, oh, I am so, um, you know, I'm sorry, can I jump in because I'm not one of the moderators, so I don't know this as well. And you said to him, my friend, us being the moderator does not mean that we are in any way superior than you. It just means that, you know, we are organizing this room. So you have just every right to speak like everyone else. And that to me, I never forgot, Alex. So you, you keep on inspiring everyone else. And so you, Myron Golden and Marcus Black are my three favorites in this platform. Uh, this is yeah. Yeshim, the lady in red, and over to the next speaker. Yeshem, you're amazing, and uh, I'll, I'll pay you later for that plant. That was perfect. <laughs> thank you so much. You're awesome, friend. I love you, and thank you for all that you do. Miss Shante. Yes, come on, Shante. How you doing, Alexander? Right. How you doing? How you doing? Man, I feel great. I'm ready for the morning. Let me just answer this question because I get excited about being around greatness and great people who are doing great things for other people. So the three people that always, always, always inspire me is Silk. Why does Silk inspire me? Because she talks about seeing without your eyes. She can see without her eyes. That is profound because that's really what life is. Can you maneuver in life without your eyes? If somebody didn't guide you, if somebody couldn't tell you which way to go, can you get to point A? from point A to point B without your eyes. Do you know where you're going in life? So that inspires me. Brielle, Brielle talks about, she inspires me every, every morning. She talks about greatness is worked for. She talks about how you have to work for it. You have to work for it. Nothing is given to us. You know, we have to work for what we want. And that's the new society, the millennials, they always want handouts, but life is about working. It's a principle, give and it shall be given to you. And that's just what it's about. And then Glenn Lundy, how he has this, how he had this vision 
right? To have the biggest, biggest table, breakfast table with everybody on it. And I, there's not a soul that hasn't been on this table that I know of yet. I mean, it's filled up every morning and I just get excited with such good news. There's so many people that inspire me, but those are my top three people. Alpha, everybody, even you inspire me. So thank you so much for making a difference in people's lives all around the world. It's great to be a part of this platform and to have breakfast with champions. My name is Shantae and I'm done speaking. Thank you, Shantae. Thank you, Shantae. Come through, Shantae. Yeah, I love baby. that energy you brought to it too, Shantae. You know what I'm saying? Like, imagine when you get flowers and you get flowers with that type of energy. I love that. Uh, Silk, uh, I, I think, were you responding, Silk? Yes, I was giving Shantae some love. Thank you, sister, because you're truly, you're so truly right on all. Everyone that you mentioned, including myself, that is what I wake up to do is give to let people know that. You, your vision is beyond what your eyes can't see. And once you really understand and dissect that, every, every word that I'm saying, your vision is beyond what your eyes cannot see. I promise you, everything will align. Everything will align. You will go so much further. You will trust in yourself, believe in yourself, and you'll understand that your, uh, your impossible will become your unimaginable. That is your reality. You just have to believe and love yourself beyond anything that anyone has to say against you. And when you do that, and love you, love you first. You'll see so much, so much. Your vision will become clear, focused, clarity. I'm just saying, trust the process. This Absolutely, I love you, Silk. Love you too, sister, love you too. Hey, Glenn. Thank you, Silk. Hey, everybody, just, I'm just saying, this, this, this is just so powerful. A lot of people give up on themselves before they give up before everybody else does. I asked this question one time and I said, if someone said, I'll give you a million dollars to get from one side of the valley to the other side of the valley. Have any, any of you ever been to Niagara Falls and you have to go across? You said, well, and before, before you even, most people say, you got to be crazy. There's no way that I can cross one mountain to get to the other mountain. You just gave up on yourself. I, I never gave any, I didn't give any specificities of what you, what you couldn't do. You just immediately said, that's crazy. There's no way I can do that. Instead of saying, you know what? Let me figure out how I can do this. Let me see. I'm going to get this money. Let me see what I can do. You give up on yourself too much. Think about if, 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 if right now in this second, everything went dark. You couldn't even see your hand in front of your face. You no longer can see the smiles on everyone's face. You no longer can see your path, your destiny. You no longer can see anything in your house. What would you do? What would you do? Would you just give up? No. You were created. You have all that you have. You are equipped with every tool that you need to live, to live limitlessly. If you Ooh. just have faith, you just have to have faith. This yes. is it. And I'm done speaking. You're never done speaking, friend, because we need to always just have voice, my friend. You and I love. Over you. I'm sorry. Sorry. Was someone saying something? Oh, go okay. ahead, Alex. You're good. Okay, sure. Cool, cool, cool. Silk, we appreciate you. We love you. We see you. And I love that you are able to really put things into perspective. 
I mean, when you said, imagine your whole world going black at one, like in one moment, I closed my eyes and even then it wasn't black. There was still sun coming through, the sunlight coming through my eyelids. And so the, my, I couldn't even fake it in this moment. So I can't imagine that happening. And yet to come out so positive, so kind, so willing to help others and really always leaving the type of legacy that when you leave the room, people say, ah, Silk made me better. I appreciate you, Silk. I appreciate, I appreciate you, you, Alex. I love you, brother. Likewise, sister. Likewise. So, guys, we are just popcorning around. If you're in the audience and you want to raise your hand and come up on stage and actually add to this conversation, feel free to raise your hand. We are seriously just increasing the vibration of love by going around and sharing with the people on this app, on this platform, specifically in Breakfast of Champions, if possible, that have left an impact on your life. So I see, Bri uh, Brianna, I'm bringing you up right now, friend. Uh, and Mallory, I see you flashing your mic. Miss Mallory, who are some of the people that have left a, le a living legacy for you? Good morning, thank you. This is my first time speaking on Glenn Lundy's stage. And I want to say that so many of you have had such an incredible impact on me and it's been recent since I've been here, but I stay quiet. So I want to thank you first for all of your shares and your voices. I've heard Silk share many, many times. I'm in a hotel room. I'm going to be getting on an airplane. I had a tragic week. Um, my daughter had a baby. The baby is healthy and fine. The behavior from her husband was extraordinarily toxic. Things that Coach Isaac has spoken of resonated very, very harshly and for me. Uh, and something that I've experienced. Um, my online community here has been a savior to me because the triggers could have easily sent me into a very dark place. So I reached out to, and he's not here now, but I know he knows I'm grateful to him, which is Dave Kirpin, because I could have gone in a very, very dark place and not been good and what I heard uh, Jalisa say, and I even tagged her this morning in an Instagram post in a story, as hard as this is for me to walk away from my daughter and my new grandson that I can't even hold because of her toxic husband, I have to come first. And I got to change this narrative that is going on in these stories that they've created that won't be forgiven in their home, their own head. I get the mistakes I've made. I get the, the horrors that I've created 20 years ago. It's time to let go. I've moved on. I'm sober. I'm healthy. I'm clear. And I need to be able to share this so that I'm not alone anymore because what I found through coach Isaac and and through Glenn Lundy and through Dave Kirpin and through all of you at Silk Littlejohn. It, it, yes, I can't, I, I almost lost my eyesight, but I have it. And when you're in the dark, whether you're in the dark without the ability to see or the ability to actually understand what you can't see, it's very similar to what it is for me, whether if, if you know the, logic in which I'm going with this. My gratitude is Dave Kirpin. My gratitude is Glenn Lundy. My gratitude is Coach Isaac, uh, Jay Lisa, 
you don't have Molly Dare, uh, Sarah McCord. None of you have any idea the impact that you've had on me since January. And I'm very, very private and I'm very, very selective. And I'm not letting somebody else ever control my narrative. I've been hit, I've been abused, I've been taken down, I've picked myself back up, I'm done, and I'm taking my power back. And so thank you to all of you, and for the names that they heard, that if you're here and you heard your name, you've made a difference to this person. This is Mallory, and I am very complete and done speaking. Yes, Mallory, thank you so much, friend. And I just peeped your Instagram. You're a very talented artist, beautiful watercolors. Um, and so thank, thank you. you so much for sharing that. And what I love is actually giving the flowers of people that aren't here. Because <laughs> so many times we want to give flowers when someone's here. But again, this is about the living legacy. So you did exactly what I wanted, Mallory. So thank you so much for opening up. And I pray. And actually, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now, Lord, over Mallory's situation. And I pray that whatever's happening between her, her daughter, her son-in-law, Lord, that there is healing, that sometimes the pains of past transgressions can linger, but we cut those chains in your name. We rebuke that negativity. And we pray that right now that this family can be restored because we understand that a family together is much stronger than a family divided. It is in your almighty, powerful name that we pray. Amen. Mallory, Amen. I pray with all my heart Amen. that all Thank you. Is restored, that we Amen. get restored. Thank you. And truly, go ahead. Does someone want to say something? Okay, Miss Martine, we're going to go to you, and then we're going to go to Brianna um, down here. Brianna, so Martine, go ahead. Yes, sir. I want to start with Coach Isaac, and then I'm going to go to Miss Danelle Delgado. And then, Mr. Glenn Londy, I try my best to be on um, hashtag Rise and Grind every morning, but I don't always make it there. Sometimes I oversleep, but um, every time I go on there, oh my gosh, it's a blast. And then, uh, Mr. Alpha Six, uh, something about his voice makes everything he says much, much better. And um, one of the things that he shared, and I, it was kind of like a sad moment for him, but that resonated with me in a sense where as a man, he is connected to his emotion. That is, um, that is powerful for me, um, that he, through, the, through his pain, he was still teaching us um very valuable life lessons and that's um priceless for me so i just wanted to take the time and give them their flowers yeah martin i'm done speaking sorry no you're good martin that's phenomenal i love it i love it i love it i love seeing all these flowers being given miss brianna miss brianna fatal hi alex um would you be able to come right back to me? Sorry, I'm just leaving the gym and getting into my car, so I just need to get situated for a second. But could you come right back? Absolutely, friend. Tyrone, I see that Tyrone Davis is up here. Yes, brother, come on, give your flowers. Who do you want to share that has left a living legacy impact on your life here on Breakfast of Champions? 
So I want to give a lot of flowers. First off, to Glenn, I've been listening um, diligently for gosh since I started, probably over a month now. Um, to breakfast and champ- breakfast with champions, and I gotta really give my hats off to Glenn. Next, uh, Alpha Six, uh, Jay Lisa, Lauren, and uh, where's my other person here? Oh, definitely uh, Vernita. And, you know, everyone else, please don't feel excluded or left out. You all have really, you know, contributed, I think, to everyone who have been in this room um, to help change their mindset and, and, and make them shift the way they approach things in life. You know, for me, it was telling my story. I reserved the, the opportunity to tell my story because I didn't want to present myself as a victim. You know, and what I heard earlier was, how can your story become a benefit for someone else. And for me, it is taking what I turned into a lack of opportunity to start to my own business, just to um, <laughs> you know, give the, the short form of the story. And, and then now what I'm doing is the same issues I faced when I was trying to get these opportunities, I'm creating those opportunities for others. Um, so they won't have to face these issues going forward. And, 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 and I really, really appreciate everything that's being said in this room from the mods to the speakers and the opportunity to be in this space. So thank you so much, Alex. This is Tyrone and I'm reserving my thoughts for the future. Uh, <laughs> Tyrone, I, I love that. I'm reserving my thoughts for the future. I like that a lot, dude, that's awesome. Thank you so much for everything that you just shared and for freely giving of your flowers to those that have impacted you. And no offense is taken by anyone whose name is not said, because we all know that we leave different impacts on different people and sometimes even unbeknownst to ourselves. So Tyrone, thank you so much for coming off mute and sharing your love. Miss Rose Oginga, I'm sorry if I mispronounced your last name. um, Are you here with me, friend? Rose. All right, I'm gonna go over to Paul Snow. What's up, oh, Rose? I see you. I see you. What's up, Rose? How are? Oh, okay, and she's gone. Hopefully, she'll come back. What's up, Paul? How you doing today, brother? Good. <clears throat> I'm doing very well, Alexander. How are you, my man? Sorry, I still don't have much of a voice left. No, that's okay. Slaying life, brother. What's up? How- share your living legacy impact. Who is leaving an impact in your life on this stage? Well, there's a number of people, Alex, and, you know, I really appreciate Glenn <clears throat> creating a space for everybody to share and, and learn. And, you know, I, I listen to this every morning at the gym in place of the music. So um, I'll tell you, I'll give you some flowers, Alexander. You inspire me, the things that you're doing and how you're facing the fears in your life and crushing what you do. And, you know, I've got to witness that <clears throat> in Colorado as well. And then um, Alpha Six, the wisdom that you that you share with this day in and day out on this is amazing and how you put it in the framework that you do put it in so everybody can take that little piece and nugget and use it for how they want to use it in their life you put it together so eloquently and i love it so i just appreciate the opportunity to be here and speak with everybody and i always say it's up to you to be the difference in your life no one can or will do it for you so go out and make it happen this is paul and i'm done speaking Yes, Paul. Thank you, brother. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Alpha Six, my man. I see you flashing your mic. Come on, share them flowers. Well, well, well. Thank you very much, everyone who has uh, spoken my name. However, at this moment, I want to speak your name. Throughout all of these days and months and these early mornings at 145 in California, sometimes I am tired. 
Sometimes I do not wish to speak. Sometimes my own heart is broke, but I remember there are people in this world who are listening from all over the world, who are choosing to stop what they're doing, to gain something from us, and I do not take that lightly. So thank you all, and for the many, 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 many messages. Uh, sometimes it takes quite a while to at least say thank you, but I want to tell you thank you right here. Uh, one of the people who's on the app now and wasn't on the app before is Mr. Les Brown. There was a morning 10 years ago where I was speaking with him, and he's the first person ever witnessed by an audio that I actually produced myself. And in speaking with him, he said, young man, have a seat. And it was his breakfast table in Culver City in L.A. And he was speaking for a while. And he wrote down something I said in quotations to put it in his pocket. And first he asked me, he says, is this lyrics to a song? And I said, no, sir. He said, these are your thoughts. I said, yes, sir. Just, is this the way I speak? He said, okay. But he did that like four or five times. And it blew my mind that Les Brown was writing down something I said. And finally, the lady next to him said, Les, if you're going to write down that many things, this young man says, why don't you just have him on your radio show? He said, that's it. Would you like to be on my show? And a couple of days later, I'm sitting in Les Brown's studio at CBS Radio, and he's interviewing me 10 years ago, right? But 10 years later, they create this app called Clubhouse. And I got to interview Les Brown here on Glenn Lundy's stage. So I also want to say thank you to Glenn. And in the Mentor to Millions, I was able one day to give Les his flowers in front of seven, 800 people, something I could pick up the phone and call and say this, but it felt better so that other people can see that you don't know which day that you're going to meet the person you were. I was listening to Les Brown at the table, at my table, by myself, eating my breakfast when he walked in. And 10 minutes later, I was sitting at his table. And later that night, he was on his stage speaking, telling a story that ended up being my own story. But it's so many cascading moments in your life that as you listen to all of us, or you have your chance to come here and speak, remember that there's always somebody in the world who needs to hear exactly what you're saying. So write it out, be clear, and remember, you might be the person that speaks life into someone else's life that leads them to a place one year from now, 10 years from now, that they were always meant to be, and you were the change agent. So thank you for that. You have a tremendous opportunity to reinvent your dealership today, right now, and to not take advantage of it would mean that everything that you just went through and are going through was in vain. How about instead we build something new like Kevin did in Virginia who was up 37% in April, or Mike in Wyoming who was up 90% in April, or Bob in Kentucky who broke a 60-year record this past January. All of these dealers join the 800% Club and together we continue to win. Listen, I've done this before. I've helped build a monster dealership from the inside out and now I want to build one with you. You and your team deserve it. So look, the time is now. It's time for you to protect your legacy. Head on over to 800EliteAutomotiveClub.com to learn more. All right, back to you, Alex. Yes, that's exactly the point. You don't know the impact you're going to leave. You don't know if in a fleeting moment what someone's going through and what the love that you shine upon them can actually do. So are you going to choose to be the person who leaves an impact that when you're gone, people say, gosh, they made me better. 
Or are you going to be the person that when you leave the room, people say, hallelujah, they gone. Because <laughs> that's actually how it goes. The choice is yours. And so I'm going to go right back to you, Brianna. And then I see you, Debbie, and Reza also um, flashing the mics. So, Brianna, are you ready, friend? Honey, I see you too, girl. Come on, honey. Come on, honey. Brianna, are you ready, my friend? Yes. Hi, Alex. Thank you so much. A um, little bit of a jumble there getting into the car, but I appreciate you coming back to me. Um, I There are so many people in here that I would just love to shout out and, and give flowers and praise because they are constantly living their legacy now. Um, which, and it, it's in turn helping and pouring into so many people. I myself have been so incredibly blessed just from showing up and being a listener on the Breakfast with Champions and so many other rooms in Clubhouse. Um, I really want to appreciate two people specifically for this morning um, in the legacy that they are sharing and teaching. And one is um, Glenn Lundy, actually. Um, and, and I'm sorry, I don't know if he's in here because I'm kind of driving, but just um, from this morning, um, he jumped in and he shared um, about having fear of any kind uh, that is earthly and how it's actually a lack of, of faith in, in God and in trusting God. And that really just spoke to me um, in a way because I, I am very strong in my faith and I do uh, trust in God. But when you ask me what my fears are, I, I absolutely have earthly fears and, and, and fears of failure and, and small things here and there. But do I trust God? And it reminded me of speaking with a friend about what I feel called to do <laughs> and and me basically saying, okay, I, I really feel God is pointing me in direction A. But I, it's not that I am, I don't want to step into the uncomfortable. I'm okay with that, but I don't feel that that's my calling. So I'm going to try and do this. And that friend kind of sat back and just checked me real quick. She said, okay, so are you going to be disobedient? <laughs> and I really feel that Glenn is that friend and shows up for more people than he could ever even realize in that way and kind of checks us on, hey, you have this unbelievable calling and ability and, and you know, as humans, we forget how wildly capable we are. And I feel like Glenn is that friend that shows up and checks us on that. And he does it daily in this room and through the people that he pulls in to help lead and moderate. If you're listening, please follow these moderators, you guys, because that's just the way this app works. It will then direct you to people and to rooms that they're hosting, and you will continue that breadcrumb trail that Glenn has started. So I just want to thank Glenn for his um, legacy that he's leaving this room and the impact that is just making waves across the globe. And also really quickly, um, I want to thank Jaylissa for the legacy that, that she is living in her, the way she articulates people's stories and turns it into their personal brand. And she helps people navigate their mess and turn it into their message. And I'm not exactly sure who it was that jumped in this morning because I was at the gym, so I wasn't looking at my phone as much. But someone jumped in 
and shared about um, along the lines of your mess being your message. But if it's not for someone, then that's okay and keep moving on. And it really spoke to me in the way that, you know, I'm someone who I'm constantly told, Brianna, you can't save everyone. And it breaks my heart because I'm like, oh, but if they only knew this or if they just like if they just expanded their vision a little bit more and sometimes we have to take that step back and and what this individual said was along the lines of well if your message isn't for them then you're blocking the message that god has for them so you need to step out of the way and and jaylissa really brings um she really brings that out of people in terms of them sharing you know sharing 10 percent of their story but 90 percent of their triumphs that helps people and that shares their, uh, that helps people's triumphs and that shares their testimonies. And so I really just want to um, give flowers and love and thank both Jaylissa and Glenn Lundy for this room and all the legacy that they're leaving behind. My name is Brianna and I'm done speaking. Yes, Brianna. I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. Two points. First and foremost, agreed. You don't want to be someone that in sharing your story, you end up trauma dumping all over the place because <laughs> that does, that's not effective, right? You want to make sure that you're sharing your triumph, not just the trials. But also, you know, one of the biggest lessons I learned that changed my entire life is about the drama triangle. And in the drama triangle, there's the victim, there's the persecutor. But to complete the triangle, there's the rescuer. And if you keep coming in rescuing people, you actually are not helping them end the drama, but you're perpetuating the drama. And so once you learn that being a rescuer is also puts you just equally at fault, then you learn that sometimes it's better not to rescue and rather to pray, to be there for them when they need you, um, but not to rescue them so that they don't continue to perpetuate that drama in their life. So, Brianna, I love that share. Okay, I know that we had some flashing mics, and I apologize. Uh, I forgot who it was already. I know Reza was one of them. I know Honey was one of them, but I said someone's name before all of them. Oh, Debbie, Debbie, Debbie. Yes, Debbie, come on. Yes. Thank you, Alexander, the man, the first man on Clubhouse that I said I love you to. <laughs> and I've loved you more and more every time I see you. I was virtual in Denver, and when you got on that stage, you were brilliant. I can't wait to follow your career as a keynoter. I really admire you. Okay, I'll go through my list quick. Glenn, Glenn, you got me getting up at 5.30 in the morning. I never thought I'd see it happen. And you also taught me how to dance dance while I'm still laying in bed because I very rarely can jump out of bed when you say it's time to dance. Alpha 6, you're brilliant. I, I get writer's cramp when I hear you speak because I have to write down every word that you say. Dr. Rowe is like family to me. Having two sons myself, I love her. I love Giovanni. And you know it, Dr. Rowe. You're like my own family. Bill, another brilliant speaker. Vernada, I've... I've never said this online to you before, but your passion for ending systemic racism, your unapologetic passion for teaching others has inspired me. And I, I can't even begin to tell you what you mean to me. You're also on my Instagram and I, I truly love you, Bernada, even though I've never told you that before. Um, oh, Jalissa, you know how I feel too, because you're on my Instagram and I love the things that you post. Scott Simon, a true inspiration. Joy, you've helped me get through 75 hard every single day. David Spizak, I can't tell you how much you've influenced me also with your expertise and your wisdom. Truly, you are a wise person. 
I'm going to stop now so other people can talk, but I, I think everyone that's in this room has been preordained to be here. We've strengthened each other's faith and we've strengthened each other's courage. It's onward and upward. Yes, Debbie, you are so, yes, Bernita, feel free. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Bernita. No, I didn't want to cut in uh, Alexander, but I did just want to say thank you, Debbie. Uh, I mean, for everyone that has uh, poured in today, um, each and every one of us, I said this before, you just never know what's going on in any one person's life. I think Alpha touched on this too. Um, you know, starting our day, we see our, our avatars, we hear each other's voices, but we don't always see or have any idea of what's really going on behind the scenes. So thank you for the pouring in, Debbie and, and Tyrone, and everyone who's contributing, because I, I need encouragement too. We all do. And uh, it does make a difference to know that uh, there's an impact being had. So thank you. Just wanted to add that. Appreciate you, Debbie, for needing that speaking. Yes, I love this, y'all. See, this is the point. Let's let each other's cups overflow so that we're pouring into each other from our saucers, from our excess, and not from ourselves because you don't wanna ever give fully of yourself to someone else, right? We're not getting married to each other. This isn't a, a spousal situation. So we need to have our cups filled. And so that's what this is all about. Let's fill each other's cups. And so uh, Reza, I know that you were next and then Honey, and then we're gonna be wrapping it up. So go ahead, Reza. Hello, everybody. Hello, Alexander. And hello, Glenn uh, Alpha. I, I guess I already named three names. <laughs> Uh, just wanted to say I'm grateful to all of you, to the moderators, Glenn, and uh, you made me feel included. Uh, all my life I've been an outsider, uh, at least I felt outsider. Uh, I just uh, thought it's the time for me to give my gratitude and say thank you to you. Uh, this is the second time I'm talking uh, in this room. and. <clears throat> I Uh, one more uh, one more person I'd like to name who's not here is called uh, Warren Ryan, who got the Fearless Speaking Club, that this guy made me able to speak. I'm a bilingual person. Uh, English is not my first language. And I grew up in many different countries, uh, different houses, uh, different adults, you know, raised me. And... Uh, what I learned from all this is that there is a power uh, that puts us all together. For example, when Alpha played Man in a Mirror, uh, I was emotional because I was about to tap my mic and say, can you play that? And immediately Alpha played that. There is no coincidence in that. There is no way that was coincidental. And so I'm so grateful for this space, for Glenn, to listen to his heart and do what he's supposed to do. And as a person, help me to speak up. I've got so much to add to this world before I go. And you guys help me, enable me, all of you, uh, even the people in the audience, you guys, by being here, enabled me to, to do my life mission and move forward, which I love to add value to children before the age of five because that's where we can touch their hearts before the society touch them, before the society change them. I wish somebody would do that to me, but, but I 
I didn't get the chance. Probably that was because I had to do it for others. Or at least I want to think like that. Uh, thank you for everybody. And Reza with the yellow background, and I'm done speaking. Thank you, Reza. Thank you, brother. And um, I, too, was very, very happy when Man in the Mirror was played. I was like, that's the song I would have chosen. So Alpha was definitely tapping in. All right, honey. All right, honey. How you doing, honey? I'm doing well. Good morning to you um, and everyone on stage. Thank you for letting me speak. Um, Alexander, you are just so amazing and I'm just so addicted to your energy. You just give me life on every stage that you are on. It is just amazing. One thing I wanted to say that you said is to be kind to people because you never know what they're going through. That's absolutely true. But however, I feel like people need to just be kind to people just because that's what's that's what you should be doing. You should be just being nice to people just because that's just the human way that we should all be moving in. Like, we shouldn't be just being kind to people because we don't know what they're going through. We should be being kind to people because we just want to be kind to others because that's what God put us on this earth for, is to be kind, definitely. So with that being said, be nice to people, move that way, and just the blessings will come in return. I can't even express to you guys like all of the DMs and messages I get off of this app on a daily and all of the shout outs and love that I receive just by being myself and just being kind to others. It's re sometimes it's really overwhelming because like sometimes I'll go in a room and I'll just speak and it's just like, honey, honey, honey. And I sometimes I just, my anxiety is just overwhelming, but I, I know I deserve it because <clears throat> the way I move is just with love and with, and not with hate. So I know that that's just God blessing me and like that's my karma because I'm just really like, you know, a good person to others. And I just do that because that's how I was raised. Like my mom is just one of them people that's always giving. My grandma was one of them people that was just always giving. So it's just literally like in my nature to just be giving to others and just support. Like even if it's just going to somebody's room and just, you know, uplifting them like with Alexander, like just try to do that, be nice. And the blessings will come back always. And that's really what I wanted to say. I can't highlight anyone specific off of this app because it's just too many people. Like, it's just too many people on this app that just impact me on a daily basis. Like William, Clint, um, Ro, Dr. Ro, Jeff, um, Joy, Alpha. Like, it's just way too many. So I can, like, shout you guys out, but I, it would literally take me all day, the people that have impacted me on this app. So everybody just is a blessing. And I'm so thankful for literally all of the positive voices on Clubhouse because you guys are really making a difference. So keep moving that way. Keep moving in love. No matter if somebody else is moving in hate, move in love still, and you guys will always prosper. With that being said, this is Honey, and I'm done speaking. Yes, Honey, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Move in love and not hate. If we continue to choose love first, imagine how much better the world would be. Imagine the smile that everyone whose name was called out how they feel. And so my question is to you in the audience, are you stepping up? Are you raising your hand? Are you taking advantage that this is a breakfast table that everyone has a seat at and everyone has a voice at so that your name can be called? Are you leaving a living legacy of impact on the lives of others, making their cups overflow so that they can spread that love, kindness, joy, fill in the blanks to those around, 
I encourage everyone within the sound of my voice to do something today that steps you out of your comfort zone, that lets your voice be heard and allows the vibration of love to be lifted and ultimately lifting the collective consciousness through the virality of our love. Because love can go viral, y'all, just as, just like hate can. What are you choosing to infect those around you with? I know what I'm choosing, and I'm choosing love. This has been another incredible episode. I call it episodes because these are shows to me. A Breakfast with Champions. Monday through Friday, you can find Breakfast with Champions at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time here on Clubhouse. On Saturdays, it starts at 6 a.m. And on Sundays, we got church, y'all, at 1.11 p.m. Make sure that you are not just coming and being a part of this, but you're sliding into these people's DMs that you're seeing up here. If you want some tips of success of how to wake up and really get going in the morning and maximize your days and ultimately create some of the things that Glenn Lundy has created, the mentor to so many of us, feel free to go into his Instagram and download his free ebook because it will change your life when you start to do the daily methods of opportunity that will help you exceed your expectations in life. Life gets a whole lot better, y'all, and it's much easier to love freely when you love yourself. And one of the quickest ways to love yourself is to start keeping the promises that you make to yourself. So if you're setting out to do something great, set out and do it today, y'all, because you can, like Marcus Black always says, and because it is our right to live in all of the greatness that God has already saturated us in. We simply have to surrender to that greatness. This has been an awesome 45 minutes of sharing love. Thank you for everyone who participated. I'll be back here next Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we are going to be increasing the vibration of love through Breakfast with Champions. With that being said, Mr. Glenn Lundy, uh, did you have any final words before we close the room out? And it looks like we are good. So, guys, I'm headed over to... I'm headed over to the social media show where we are Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and I'll be heading there right now as soon as I close this room. All of that said, love each and every single one of you. Thank you so much for spending time with me and holding space. Until tomorrow at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Breakfast of Champions is done for the day. Love you. Bye. Thank you, Alex. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.